Welcome to the Positively Star Wars Senate Podcast. This is Obi-Wan Kenobi. May the Force be with you. Looky, looky, Simitai. He's a Jedi arriving. of the Positively Star Wars Senate group here. So, as ever, we are we are duly gathered here on the power of Skype to talk about all things Positively Star Wars, or Star Wars Positively, uh, sure way you want to say it. And of course, the main theme of the show today will be the book of Boba Fett, which uh, hopefully everybody's been watching. I know we have here, and everybody listening. Otherwise, there wouldn't be much point listening, I suppose. And joining me for this Senate, as ever, is Reliable Ron. Greetings and salutations, Senators. Magnificent Marie. Good morning, Senators. Rorschach Ryan. Hello there. And, oh God, never are, isn't it? Um, So many are. Randy Ricky. Hello. <laughs> no, I think that. yourself in a corner with that little mnemonic. I should have thought about that before I started that. And <laughs> uh, myself, Stephen, the obligatory Brit. Um, yeah, what a, what a total idiot. This is totally unscripted, as I'm sure everybody's probably worked out by now. So, just to, uh, we'll just have a quick go around the table and just check that everybody actually has been doing their Star Wars homework um, in the last month. So, Ron, what have you been up to in the last month? You know, I watched The Book of Boba Fett. Good work. You get a tick. Marie? <laughs> watched The Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> yep. Fantastic. Ryan? Uh, just The Boba Fett. Just The Boba Fett. Okay. And Ricky? I rewatched the holiday special, but then I watched The Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> Excellent. So that means that we're all up to date. We all know what's going on. And at this time of recording, of course, we, um, we talked about the first two episodes of The Book of Boba Fett last episode. Which means that this time round we've got three episodes to talk about, and we're not going to waste any time because I expect and we anticipate that as we go through each episode that we might start be talking slightly longer about each one. One reason why we are doing this slightly out of sync um, in terms of our recording schedule this time round. So, cast your minds back, folks, to January the twelfth. Can you remember what you ate that day? But that was the book of Boba Fett. Chapter three, which was called The Streets of Moss Asper. Is that right? No, yeah, yep. okay. Yeah, people chime in if I get things wrong because, as, as people know, my pronunciations are not very good. Blame it on being British. So, the synopsis <laughs> on the wiki says that Fett is asked by watermonger Lawfer Peel to punish a gang of cyborgs who are stealing his water in Moss Asper, claiming that the citizens of Tatooine do not respect Fett yet. Upon seeing that the gang has no work, Fett employs the cyborgs as enforcers and demands that Peel reduce his prices. In his battle tank, Fett recalls seeing the toll from the pikes on behalf of the Tuscan tribe, only to find the tribe destroyed by the Nikto gang on his return. His memories are interrupted when Fett is attacked by Chrysanthemum, that is the Wookiee. Fett, Shand and the guards and the cyborgs fight off and capture the Wookiee. The twins soon apologise for sending Chrysanthemum, claiming that Shaiz, 
has promised Jabba's territory to another syndicate. The Trins vowed to leave Tatooine and gift a rancor to Fett. After releasing Chrysanthemum and resolving to train the rancor, Fett goes to Mos Espa with Shand and the cyborgs to question Shais. They find the mayor absent, but chase down his major domo, who reveals that Shais is working with the Pikes. Later, the Pikes begin arriving in Mos Espa, and Fett decides to prepare for war. So basically, we can sum up this episode in Chrysanthemum Strikes, um, the Trins arrive, uh, sorry, we see the Trins again, and we see a Rancor, and we see a cyborg motorcycle gang in this episode. It was going to summarise it in a few words. Um, was there no flashback so, in that episode? Sorry? Was there no flashback, flashback in that one? Well, the flashback, I'm just, I can't remember that flashback, was really him seeing the end of the Tuscan tribe, according to this. I can't remember now. Can anybody yeah, else remember any more flashback? Yeah, because no, I don't it... think there was a flashback because wasn't his um wasn't his bath interrupted by Chrysanthemum in this episode? The oh, end of it. The yes. end of it was. The end of it was. He was okay. he flashed back in it. Um, uh, I remember specifically, but yeah, as as he's coming out of it in in our normal sort of you know just expecting to come out of it and he wakes up or whatever. Yeah, that's where it's sort of jarring that the, the it was ripped open and and. Mm. Chrysanthemum's there taking care of him or whatever. I forget yeah, yeah she's throwing him around the room. <laughs> So there's a big lesson here. One lesson here is don't have a bath without a guard. <laughs> and two... I never do. No, I never. I always have a guard on, on duty. Um, and also just don't fall asleep in the bath, <laughs> which is always a good it's always a good uh, lesson to be learned there, I think. So, OK, we'll go around the table. We've got a bit more time. Uh, Rom, what did you make of this episode? Uh, episode three was was a good episode. The, the, the takeaway with the episode was just that biker gang and just just the colorfulness, colorful nature of the of the bikes was was and it's not so much the colorfulness. I've watched episode two and rewatched some other things over the span of some time or whatever. And there are some brightly colored things on Tatooine, but they're very dirty, dusty, as you would expect on the sand bowl that is um, Tatooine. So if those kids are carrying on about the cost of water and and but yet their bikes are, are wicked clean um was was that one was a tough one to swallow between the, the sheer shininess of them and and just the abject uh, just there was a, the one or two of the bikes had so many mirrors on it i couldn't take away well, what do you think they're using the water for they're using the water to clean their bikes yeah yeah you need to live so if the water is <laughs> expensive you, you need it to, well yeah then there is something to that for sure um i'm just, just having a thought as you're speaking there while you're saying about water it just occurred to me maybe they don't need water to clean the bikes maybe they can use air mm. well, there you go Perhaps it's Tatooine. It's in a galaxy far, far away. Whatever, but I know what it takes to get my car nice and shiny like that, and I ain't getting it done with a <laughs> with air. Um, the chrysanthemum was a nice jarring. You know, him coming out of that was was a nice kind of thing. Whatever the fight between them. I do have one question for the senators. Chrysanthemum has, for those that know him, whatever he has, like the some sort of brass knuckle things with spikes, and they like electrified or whatever. And yeah. I really think it really looked like. They showed them to us on his hand, showed them get electrified or whatever. And then Boba Fett took a punch to the face with those things, with the spikes. He must, he obviously didn't hit him with the spikes, I guess, because I just can't, I'm not sure how he makes it with, with the uh, Did the he spikes. backhand him? You know, 
kind of have to watch. I just remember seeing that thinking, wow, I know he can take a punch and all, but a punch from a Wookiee with spikes on the back of your hand, back of his hands like brass knuckles, seems seems a little far-fetched. Yeah, no, just that was a heck of a, heck of a scene. Well, we don't um, see any blood anywhere, do we? I mean, Chris Hansen yeah. got stabbed like three or four times. Yeah, that's the other thing. He got poked a couple times. Uh, uh, Boba Fett gets bit on the hand by Chris Hansen. You know, if he's those Wookiee teeth got to be sharp and didn't really see much damage to his hand. But seeing him, you know, the flashback I'm remembering was him seeing the Tuscans, right? And he saw his village. He went and saw the Pikes and, right, they negotiate the, or said, yeah, the Pikes were like, no, nah, we ain't paying you. We'll pay so You know, we're only paying one. We already That's paying right. the Speeders. Yes. Gang, yeah. Goes, goes back and sees, sees the devastation of, the, of his, of his. Um, Do we think they're all dead? Uh, didn't see any of them. There's a chance, up. but it. Somebody escaped. I mean, he picked he picked up the stick of that kid, right? That was what he picked up at the at the end. The I think some of the stuff he put on the fire seemed very ceremonial. Like, yeah, this yeah, this guy, the, the the one spike and the other other spike, and yeah, there was a, a short one in there that I kind of like you, Ricky, thought was the kids. Was the lizard there? Oh yeah, where'd the lizard get to? Yeah, <laughs> Return of the lizard. Gotta rescue the gotta rescue the lizard. Kershanton is is definitely a fun fun character whoever's playing that and however they are um i don't want to say the 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 costume design there is such an emotion such um what do you want to say just you can really tell what's going on there the way yeah personality thank you yeah there is something something fierce to that Wookiee. yeah it's i've been thinking that the whole time his eyes his eyes just seem totally different from chewbacca's and it shows so much more emotion it's just so much better so wonderfully well done, for sure. There's something kind of feral about him. Yeah. They allow yeah. That's what I thought. There's, like a look, there's something about the eyes that, where he looks more feral. I think you just see more so you see more uh, reaction in him. Just looking around, the, yeah. such a big character change. Like the oh, yeah, costume wait, wait, wait. they have on him, too. He looks like really like a wild animal looking. We know. might have to rename the Gamorrean guards to uh, Gamorrean uh, room decoration. Or it's Lenny and Squiggy. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure how much guarding guarding these fellows are getting done. Yeah, these guys are always busy somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, they they always got some. We said last time the they party. reckon there can't be more than about five people in the whole flipping palace or something, isn't it? Because I mean, their only job is to guard, presumably, the front door. Um, and I mean, they uh, could be plants, right? Or they're just really bad guards. Really bad guards. The one thing I do remember, they, they trapdoored Chrysanthemum into the Rancor pit or whatever. And Fennec, he's sitting there holding on by like a finger or whatever. All you had to do is pick his fingers off. But Fennec does a cool move to, she picks something out of her gun, throws it, and, you know, hits his hand. Yeah, a knife that. or something, a dagger. But A dagger, what, yeah. Yeah, what I saw there was you just gave him a weapon. Like it, it, it daggered into I the back of too. his hand and he fell and now he's fallen into the rancor pit and sure, yeah, he's fallen into the rancor pit, but now he has that weapon too. I mean, I guess he had all his other weapons. Well, that are, you know, his yeah, yeah, he he is a weapon. He whatever. has claws, yeah, he has, strength, strength, everything. He yeah. is a weapon, yeah, but you've given him something to throw, let's say, a projector or whatever. I just that seemed a bit. Um, Marvel writing, if you will, so to speak. Of yeah, it was cool for her to throw that across the room, but was it? Because now you've given him a weapon. But then he lets him walk, and he truly does. He walk. Well, he runs. He's, that was 
uh, I would have changed that scene. <laughs> I would have had him saunter off as as the cool beast that he is or whatever. But he like goes running. The the run shuffle of the actor didn't work for me. When when Fett says release him, he's you know it's like happy to be released and he goes running okay. off. It went a bit at the end. Yeah, it was a little. It was a little. <laughs> just a little fun. It was a little weird. I wasn't expecting that run. I always, I always thought that that um the pit under in front of Jabba's sort of throne thing. I always thought the the trap door was much bigger than that. And it really small in that. And like like he's been flushed on the toilet. There's the grate that you can look down through. Yeah. But there's I mean, the trap be, door that truly traps so, it. I mean, it's so difficult to get somebody in the, exactly the right spot well, in that. Worked two three times well yeah it's right yeah. in front of the dais so yeah, i think it's i think it's you know it's it's right in front of where jaw or you know the throne where you would sit so yeah it catches i think it catches, catches it's almost like step. coming on tonight i don't know you guys got it in america like the x factor x factor you know stand on the x no reason yeah, yes. just stand on the x and talk to me um, oh man i guess luke was a lot smaller so than the uh, Wookiee. I, I have to look. I always but even even when in the first episode when the um the assassin guy when they dropped him down there Oh yeah. Like uh like it seemed like it was a little hole. It didn't look like it was the same thing like the uh the Twi'lek and the sure the Jedi fell through. I don't know, maybe there's two different spots. I think the problem I'm having here is I'm still imagining my um Jabba um playset when I was a child. <laughs> and that had the whole gate thing that massive. If you ever anybody remembers it and playing with it and stuff, uh gates used to open up either side, you turn the the not well, it's all it's all a bit it wasn't wasn't to scale, was it? It wasn't exactly accurate either because it had the pit underneath where Jabba actually sat um, on the play thing. Um, yeah, so I'm just reminiscing about my own Jabba dimes. Uh, Marie, what do you think mm-hmm. about this episode? Um, I wasn't really fond of it at first. Um, I thought the um, the biker gang was kind of hokey. It's grown on me a little bit. I did like um, Jabba, I'm not Jabba, Boba Fett getting thrown around the room by Kersantan. That was a good little bit of physical comedy too because um you know you don't you don't expect to get so rudely interrupted out of your bath and then you know and the bathroom stayed on out and and he can't get he can't get on his feet and it, it was a great little bit of kind of physical comedy as well as you know a kind of vicious fight um but it's really grown on me since then i i like it a lot better now Okay, um, Ryan. So again, with everybody else, Kersantan was the best thing. I was always hoping for a bigger fight for him. Mm-hmm. I was expecting it to be like the final battle, but of course, with I guess all Mandalorians or any of these series, it's always you have an enemy and then you make him a friend, and then you team together for a bigger battle at the end, for whatever it may be. So, but I know there was some talk about. I just assumed it was the Pikes that um, kind of took down the. Or what is it? Yeah, they, they kind of took down the tattoo, the Tuscans. So, but there was people discussing, you know, other things that it's, uh, what was it Crimson Dawn could have been the one because the way that the huts talked about it, where they made it seem like, oh, we're so scared of all these people. And it's like, I just don't see anybody but the Pikes doing it because they showed them walking off the ship at the end of the episode and you know they're actually setting them up and i don't know a lot about them from clone wars so i don't know how big of a threat they are but i mean it just seems like they have a bigger battle with the pikes coming and obviously boba's building up his team yeah i think i think we've learned from this show that that what you see is what you get there's not a lot of misdirection that that if if it walks like a duck, uh, quacks like a duck, it's probably a duck. And it, I think the pikes are the 
the big bad or or are going to be the big bad that there's not going to be yet another element and i was well, I mean, giving they, some they thought kinda... to that 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 this show also has to be for the commoner or for the lay fan you know it, it, it they can't as much as i love disney plus to make a show just for star wars fans it, it has to be economically you know it has to be worth the, the effort the money whatever so th- they kind of need to make a show that, that plays towards uh, the lay fan if you will or somebody was so yeah i don't think they can make it too inner super intertwined yeah. and complicated and have this twist and, and you know Maybe for like younger viewers show too. is yeah, exactly. For younger, yeah, that's probably a very good point, Ricky. That, yeah, for the younger, we don't need yet another Black Sun or some other weird yeah. twist, twist tie. Not in first, first. Well, then they kind of they kind of did like spell it out that okay, the Pikes are paying that swoop biker gang, whatever that you know Bobo took care of in that other episode. The Nictos. So, yeah. <laughs> so in order for Nictos them to, um, you know, protect you know the the train route, then they killed all those Tuscans that attacked the train. So. You know, that's basically what happened. Yeah. I, I anticipate. So, and then there's. I was going to say. Well, it was all Bulba's fault, which was kind of sad. <laughs> like, he, he endangered them, and, you know, they had uh, delusions of grandeur and it ended up biting them in the end. No, continue, Ryan. Yeah. And then uh, I have to mention, I wasn't going to kind of mention it, but the bike scene in Boba Fett, I don't get that. There's been a lot of dislike for it, and me being overtly positive and why I'm here. I thought it was fine. I liked seeing all the color on Tatooine because it's all just a brown, black, and gray world. So it's nice to see. And I like all the age of the actors. Like it was a young 20s or teenagers almost all doing body modifications, which I thought was brilliant. So, I mean, I I really liked all that. You know, the bikes were definitely bright colored, but I thought that was good because it fit those characters. They want to be flashy. They're doing body modifications for attention. So, of course, they're going to have bikes that get attention. On something yeah, like Tatooine, that... where people don't. And they were new. That. They weren't like these guys weren't riding around these bikes for like you know years. They probably just like stole whatever parts that they did to make them, and it's like one of the. So first yeah, I'm that like, I'm that around. fan, and it's well, I'm kind of that part of that fan. It wasn't so much the bright colors; it was the shininess of the bright colors. Because there have been other bright colored things on Tatooine. You can see it in the movies, but but they were. They were George Lucasified and like, well, yeah, you know, that was shiny, but riding around on Tatooine, it's not going to stay shiny. And granted, they're kids, they got nothing else to do but sort of polish up their bike. So there'd yeah. be something to that. But I mean, yeah. those things had three layers of wax. Um, you could see your 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 reflection in them kind of thing that that was that was what's what's off putting to me a little bit was just the sheer it's that ta- shininess. The Tatooine wax. We'll bring it back to Clone Wars. Yeah, bring it back to Clone Wars. And then just the, the sheer number of mirrors. There's just, I mean, I get you modding it up and trying to make it look like something. But, uh, two mirrors. Like one guy had six mirrors on each side or something. It was, it was. Yeah. A lot of blind, there's a lot of blind spots. <laughs> Nobody wants to turn their head. <laughs> yeah, you're running down those, running down those. Uh, hey, that was the guy with the one eye though, right? <laughs> Especially oh my god! <laughs> especially with the shininess, you need lots of mirrors, I think, to be able to see in the right, you know, getting the reflection of your own vehicle in the way. Yeah, I enjoyed this chase scene. I mean, it wasn't super fast. It was there was nothing. Well, I mean, there was nothing. Like the major domo guy was like a professional yeah. driver. He was like a little weaselly guy that didn't yeah. know how to escape. So they were just kind of trying to do like a pit maneuver on him and stop him. It wasn't like they were chasing him down high speed. 
you know. It was sci it was a simple sci-fi comedy chase. It wasn't revolutionary. And I think some people have um some of the more critical ones have, they've got the they've got the they've seen them the problem here here is we've seen Mandalorian before we've seen Boba Fett. And they've got their eyes of everything being gritty and uh, super duper in in Mando. Yeah. And it doesn't reach up to those levels. It's got to be automatically rubbish. And uh, this is this is just a classic, simple chase around the streets of Tattoo. And we got to see. I mean, we were we could spend two three hours we dissecting that whole chase scene with the amount of stuff that's going on in the background. There's there's so much in there yeah. in that scene when they, when they go through the Jabba painting. painting. <laughs> the painting. Yeah. Of the Jabba scene. Oh, that was really funny. <laughs> You said it, Stephen. It, yeah. was, it was a comedy. It very much was a, a fun throwback to that sort of comedic chase scene where you have the the droids spinning in the middle of the yeah. of the of the thing as the speeders go by one side and the other side. You know that kind of yeah. Charlie Chaplinish era type of chase scene through the city or something, and and the whatever that weird droid that was moving the Bith across the street. You know, and just just the painting doing a burnout. Yeah, yeah. All, was, of, all of that stuff is was was yeah. a fun. There there was some fun aspect. You know, you got what you you, you could get what they were going for there, and and, it's and paying homage to that. Yeah. That was fun. You go around the corner, and there you know, there's a group of twelve children. I know it's not it didn't actually happen, but this is the classic thing. Like you know, the group of children there all doing um, card pyramids, and there's a it comes from the mill, uh, um, a chat with a great big bag of flour. Exactly the same time as someone goes past, and everything goes all over the place. It's that classic kind of thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, classic. Just just Luke going through uh, Moss Eisley when uh, on the special editions they pass what like a Jawa falling off of a you know yep. creature and then you know the other the droid falling down hitting the other it, yeah. there's they, yeah they always do doors. protocol yeah. droids running out of the way yeah yeah, <laughs> so, yeah that's did, right like, right that's that's true that is a bit of a staple of the way oh, yeah, they walk and the arms too. swing and the, the arms swing <laughs> it happens in the, in the prequels like it happens in yeah. Cloud City it like it's solo. everywhere. Mm. Always but yeah, it, it, like somebody said, he's he's no master um, F1 driver or something or whatever. So yeah, Major Domo is just yeah. a Weasley driver. So he's run going to run into everything. You know, the typical um, take the legs out of some support yeah. and the water goes crashing everywhere and hitting. And, all and it's Boba Fett, so he's not trying to be like, oh, well, who cares? Just run over everybody. Like, no, I'm supposed to be like the police, basically for you know this town. So I'm the sheriff. So I'm not going to endanger everybody yeah. and get everybody mad because the you know his team like ran everybody over and like, sped through town. You know, so they're kind of trying to avoid people too. Yeah. So yeah. I enjoyed the introduction of the characters, and I love the fact that they're like, no, we love our modifications. We do this not because we have to, but because I want a leg that's a jackhammer. Like, <laughs> so it's like, I I really enjoyed those characters. Um, so, I so like. They actually cut the limbs, healthy limbs off, just to get a modification. Maybe. I mean, Maybe people, that you know, piercings. Well, the, I think the, piercings, the, the interesting thing about the modification thing is, is that a, like, in the era of where this is, this is after Jedi. So people have... Um, I don't know if they've realized what Vader was, That's more was machine than say. man, but Luke got his hand back. That the the technology made its way. Let's say it's like a military, like GPS. It's a military yeah. technology that eventually made its way to the masses. That that's one thing about the mods that I think is kind of neat as a as an element in Star Wars. That what was sort of maybe a unique thing or, or special to you know Vader and Luke, not to them specifically, but you know it 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 was in that realm of 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 where it could. Now there's mod parlors where you can yeah. come in and if you got the money can get this mod. Where I think that's kind of a neat aspect of the Star Wars. Uh, yeah, universe. Well, and then, basically. 
And doesn't yeah. that kind of tie into like you know the OT with the wasn't Doctor uh, Epizon? Isn't that what he did? Wasn't wasn't he like? Because uh, I remember when Solo came out, something about the uh, visual dictionaries, like those people that had like the, you know, their half of their head cut off and modified. That was uh, that was his work. Uh, well, then that defeats my my th- sort of theory that it it's it was upper echelony during the OT time and you know like like a GPS like it was a military yeah. technology that by the time it would get to this far into the it's made its way no, down I to the masses. You're, you're kind of on the money there because yeah. it's probably it, it's probably it was probably like post Darth Vader who was basically the um the prototype for that yeah. kind of thing. Like they it were does, inspired by him. Does have a weird precedent aspect though that you know if this is capable now and you can get a super arm or you can get a, whenever you're writing a story and you need somebody to be able to do something, that person could have been modded with whatever special, you know, it does, uh, it walks a fine line, like time travel. Of, well, you gotta, you gotta well, then you can guy. always have a, yeah. you can always have somebody do whatever, you know, around to do whatever you need. Uh, uh the one speeder bike, uh, girl was very pale on Tatooine. How are we, how are we square with that? Well, so was uh, what's her name? Um, the she bounty hunter. She just <laughs> never gets out. Fennec. No, right. no. Um, only comes out from... at night. She only comes out at night. Oh, or, no one wants to hang out. Or sing. She's <laughs> not pale. She's that's her. She's that way. Yeah, but it looked it, like she was kind of. I mean, I think, I her, she's an alien, and she's just, that white. She's yeah, just goth. During the day, and they. Yeah, that's it. Parties at night. Yeah. yeah, always out at night. Lots, yeah. lots of sunscreen. This day scene of, of the chase thing is not the norm. Yeah. We have like, and I even well, you you got others to, more to ask okay. about it. Yeah, you got others to ask Her about. Her foundation it. is pale ivory and it's got SPF one thousand. Yeah. Like, like, oh yeah, like, like, know like what you're talking about, Marie, but I love it. Yeah, Ricky. I like that it was almost a throwback. Like if you look at if you look at Luke's hand when he lost his hand, they mm-hmm. have the technology to make it look realistic. But when Luke's older, he doesn't care to make it look realistic. And yeah. these persons, these people are proud of their modifications. They're like, yeah, this we're going to show off these robotic parts, even though we can cover them if we want to. They're like, no, this is who we are. So I, I, I did like the characterizations of them. I, I thought they were cool. I wanted their action figures and their vehicles <laughs> for my collection. <laughs> wasn't this the ep- Almost. This, wasn't this, this was the episode where Fett and the one guy was like, uh, this is the episode where Fett has the line, keep an eye on him, right? I think it is. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. He's, he's talking yeah. to somebody. He's like, yes. "Yeah, keep an eye on." He's like, "Oh, oh, oh sorry about that." It was, it was, it was a, it was a weird aspect of real world humor. I appreciate it. It was funny, like this though. But it was just, it was, it was just an, a, a notable piece of just. And then Fennec's like, oh, see later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fennec's got some great one-liners. Yeah, Ming Na plays that character. I tend to forget, so like these shows are supposed to be fun. You know, like you're supposed to enjoy watching it. It doesn't have to be super serious, you know. I especially think that I I see Boba's little little chapter as sort of like a a slightly more lighthearted side to the Mandalorian's um, sort of story. And this wasn't always, I know, uh, Mando's had some quite some serious um, stuff going on, a bit scary at times and stuff. But um, Boba's is a bit more lighthearted, a bit more comedy-ish, shall we say, bit more yeah, i mean even like when they showed him in like you know the original movies he's like hanging out in jabba's palace and you know talking to talking to the girls and you know pointing at people and even like on the on Thor's visions he's bobbing his head you know dancing <laughs> so bo was a little more yeah. lighter than you know some of the other kids than what people they always gotta drop to some comedy yeah they always gotta drop yeah. some 
comedic line. Like you said, they can't be a hundred percent serious the whole time. Yeah. No. Yes. Younger audience. Go, going back to like the uh, the modification people. That wasn't uh, I might be wrong, but like General Grievous, wasn't he like? Didn't he do all his modifications on purpose to be a better warrior? Uh, it was the Emperor's do the Emperor stuff. Uh, no, General it? Grievous. More was it more? Yeah. No, I think yeah, he yeah, almost he died. Yeah. Like, was it that he almost died? He added modifications, but he yeah, I he think he going. originally was. Yeah, he kept doing it and going. He was an experiment. He was an experiment himself, wasn't he? He was an experiment. Yeah, he uh, yeah. They, he added modifications eventually, but originally it was just to keep his um lungs going because I guess yeah. it was his lungs that were affected because it was supposed to be like a walking yeah. iron lung kind of thing, like like Darth Vader, but um kind of Darth Vader light. Yeah, like a precursor to it. I've read but, yeah. the I've read the comment and I can't remember the story now. Was it did he do something to try to help his own race? Or was that am I getting him confused with Thrawns? I don't know. Clone Wars they always kept saying he was the warrior and they had some. No, there's a back there's a backstory comic, isn't there? You you read it, Ryan. I don't remember if there was I'm sure there Yeah, was. it's been a while. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's he, he's now. some sort of race or some sort of creature but yeah. yeah then turned into he's definitely more machine than man now yeah. kind of yeah. kind of thing that he was yeah, he, but he, he got sacking eyeballs or whatever. Yeah. He chose he chose that. Um yeah. those modifications and stuff, yeah. I don't know. I, I chalked up those biker gang kids like they had just started doing what they're doing. You know, they probably just stole those bike parts and or stole the bikes themselves and they're trying to take water now and they're kind of slowly, you know, that uh the guy that was complaining to Boba probably like he just started having problems with these kids. You know, that's probably what. Yeah, I think why they look so shiny. And Grievous was injured. Yeah. Grievous needed those body parts to stay alive. But like mm. Marie said, he he probably Eventually added not. things like the forearms and the size, oh, yeah. you know, and he wore the mask because that's based on his culture. But yeah, all that stuff is to stay alive. I don't know. Maybe these people got uh, maybe something happened with them and they uh, you know needed to get altered. I don't know. Who knows? But I, I know I, I kind of like that yeah. aspect. But but like Ron said, yeah, you can. Why? What stops anybody from like? Okay, I'm gonna have like a turbo cannon, you know, on my on my arm. But I guess you would need to know the right place to go to, and you know, have a way to pay them and stuff like that. So. But a magic's probably yeah. outlawed property in most. I mean, that's how you'd stop it. But right, yeah. Now that it's out there, that yeah, it can it can continue. But they're criminals anyway, so who? You know, well, that's going to stop. Them. Yeah, that's why they're on Tatooine. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it falls yeah. outside the. Uh, the law doesn't mean much out there. And then I did like the uh, the stuff with the Rancor and uh. Oh, we haven't, so talk- we haven't talked. Yeah, we haven't with talked Danny about. Trejo, yeah. Oh yeah, that's so, right, the Rancor and Danny Trejo. <laughs> yeah, I was and then Ricky. Yeah, and then Boba Fett like uh, it's like he got a new puppy. It was nice. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure to start off with whether there was um, we, we, this might still happen, but I doubt it. I always I felt that the, the Rancor um um trainer was was holding something back. I thought so too. Everything. I thought he was kind of shady. So you you would expect it to be somebody somebody kind of shady. Yeah, I just that's thought you're not telling anything. I thought I thought right in the last minute he's going to he'd be the first person he said. I thought right in the last minute he's going to throw himself in front of the rancor and go, it's me, it's me, don't send the cream. But I mean, I was sure that I thought he's just telling absolute porkies or something here. But I I don't think that's going to happen because we ain't got enough time for that. So. so he he had the blinders on the rancor because yeah. whoever at first sees it imprints on right. Mm. So was his intention yeah. to do that himself, and then the huts were like, "No, you're gonna give that to Boba Fett," or was that, that I think was he a said weird that. thing? He said something. He's like, "I intended it to do it myself," but right. and how old is that Rancor? That's the thing. We know what a baby Rancor looks like, and that's a full grown Rancor. So how and long have they had that mask? From, uh, oh, no, he doesn't it. He, there's a line. No, there. it can't he be said, Mucci. 
He says know. it's a calf. Yeah, he says it's a calf. And it imprints. So I don't know that it's a full-grown rancor yet, uh, or, or you know, I don't think it's, it's pretty close. But we know what a baby rancor looks like too. Yeah, it wasn't Moochie mm-hmm. either. Yeah, you're right. Well, yeah, I definitely. Yeah, so we know that Moochie. Oh, that's right. So we yeah. know that Moochie was definitely a calf. That's so what, I mean, it might only be eight months old or something like that. Yeah. Well, didn't Either the Hux... Boba Fett took Boba Fett took Munchie, whatever he's called, didn't he? No. Um, no, 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 no. I'm not talking about Bib Fortuna did. Bad batch. Oh, Bib Fortuna. Bib Fortuna. So I mean, there should already be a rankle there working around somewhere, shouldn't there? But this that was before. Yeah, we really don't know what happened. No, I'm getting really confused. Yeah, we don't know what happened. This was no. the episode that the huts were like, oh, we're sorry we sent Christine yeah. to kill you. It was very weird. That was a very weird. I mean, it was like, a way to, to get the get the rank. Yeah, it was a way to rank or get there. It was like, eh, we're sorry. We came to apologize. We sent, we did. Um, you know, they could have easily not owned it, I guess. But they owned it and said, yeah, we're sorry. We sent him to kill you. And it didn't work. Just, so we're going to give you this. They were funny because, like, it really reminded me of, like, a Zero the Hut type of character where they're like, yeah. you know, they try to be like, like Jabba. Uh, yeah. Jabba was, you know. Kind of set apart from the rest of the huts because he was more, you know, um, um what do you, yeah. you know, sinister, I guess. Zero would like, these guys asked. are kind of like yeah, they have yeah. no spine, <laughs> they're like, ah, okay. Well, I think they were sorry I'm that sorry. they, I'm sorry that they failed, weren't they? But then also, if they succeeded, that would have been the end of it. But of course, they failed, they didn't want a war, which is yeah. not good for business, so they had to replace, yeah, that was one of the yeah. you want to get their ass off the planet as quick as possible because they realized that, uh, they can't. Well, and, then I, and then I'm thinking that they like kind of want to, okay, we're going to step aside, let the Pikes take out Boba Fett, and then we'll come back, you know? Yeah, they know things it's still about their to go land. Down, and they're they just, still have claimed yeah. it, you know? But maybe that, that was their uh, mandate. And, you know, the, the council, the Hut council told them, like, well, you know, get out of there and just let it work itself out and then go back, you know? Once everyone's dead. Yeah, I think they're just trying to take a political route. And we're like, this is Tatooine. We don't care about your family claim. Yeah. It's you. You got to kill us and take it. And I love the tease that it's like, can I write it? And I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, <laughs> whatever big battle they're going to have, where he's it's like, going to be Chrysanthemum, well, Fennec, and now he's going to come riding in on a rancor. I cannot yeah. wait for the finale. Yeah. There was a wonderful yeah. line in there about I've ridden beast ten times its yeah. size to, you know, to throw back to the holiday special piece. The the, yeah. So that, that was. An interesting, you know, fun tie-in for him, a fun way to which, tie which it was also, His excitement around wanting to ride it, learning to yeah. ride it. And that was mentioned on uh, on The Mandalorian in the first episode. He's like, your ancestors used to ride the Mythosaur, you know, and yeah. you kind of teach them how to yeah. ride. To, yeah, they tried the Mythosaur. So that's a Mandalorian. That was Mando, thing. yeah, so that was Mando trying to ride those uh, whatever funny hobbling be- or two-legged yeah. things. What the heck were those called? Anyway, so yeah, the, that, it's fun how they're tying Blurks. things. Yeah, there we go, Blurks. How they're trying to tie, th- you know, able to tie some things and, and do do some stuff like that or whatever to to have him right to have him eventually riding this thing around. I, th- I thought it was good enough. Yeah. So it was, it was and the rancor, how cool good, did the rancor? You know, I mean, episode. obviously the tech is awesome, but how cool did the rank? How real? Yeah. Did that rancor look? You know, that that's what's fun mm-hmm. about what what they're doing for us or whatever that they. Uh, I, they I, you know, I did prefer how what they did with the rancor to the Harryhausen from the first episode. Like it, it was more, like you said, it was more real. Like I, it was a creature. Well, yeah. I appreciate the Harryhausen in terms yeah. of that's how that creature is going to move. Now, granted, mm-hmm. I guess comparing this rancor to the other rancor is going to be a little different. But you know, if if the, they didn't need to not Harryhausen that creature, that Harryhausen that creature because that's how that creature moves or looks, let's say, kind of thing. And even the original rancor still looks pretty good. You know, Ooh, he looks a little. Oh, it's the practical effects of it. 
4K and 1080p. Just like Yoda, <laughs> looks, is Yoda looks better. Which, which yeah, episode Yoda one? Yoda looks better as a practical effect than a CGI. Not in a yeah. cartoon. If you see, <laughs> wait, you see Rebels. Uh, oh. <laughs> Well, that's stylized. Yeah, they, saying, they really had some fun stylizing that thing. That was oh, Uncle Murray Yoda. But actually, having said that, having said that, Ryan has read the comics, um, the, the High Republic comics, and some some of Yoda's um, images in there are reminiscent yeah. of Rebels. I have to say, very uh, stylized like that. Yeah, he just looks yeah. look like a man. massive a head head two times the size <laughs> of the body. Um, it, it's quite it's it's disturbing to say the least. Was um, there anything else in this episode? There we go around the room. Boba says he's got to name the thing. Sorry? He's got to name it. <laughs> yeah, what, what, what you would take poll? I, I don't even have a guess, so I shouldn't be asking right. this yet. But do we want to put it, put it, put it out there to take guesses for everybody to see what? I see would what go. I think it'll just be something new. Yeah, I'll go we'll for Ranky, Ranky, Ranky face. What are you six? He's gonna name it Tonwee. <laughs> I think maybe he'll call it Mace just so you feel better when he like punches it or something. <laughs> oh, good call. He gets right. it just to get his. <laughs> yeah, is it going to have some sort of tie? Right, is it going to have some sort of tie, some sort of throwback, some sort of aura sing, Django. some sort of. Yeah, yeah. yeah I kind of thought Django too, but that yeah, maybe in respect. In, in, uh, oh, no. <laughs> he didn't know how to his to dad. I would, I would, I just I, yeah, that'd be weird. You don't want to be yeah. riding Django. You don't, you don't want to be riding <laughs> Django. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I would say like, uh, yeah, behave yourself, or I'll feed you to Gary. <laughs> they'll, no, they'll probably just skip naming it for this season. He's gonna name it Dengar. Oh, I like that too. Yeah, just it never gets named. Uh, what are we gonna call you? And then just, just never, never, never gets a name. <laughs> the Rancor. The Rancor. Yeah, I think that's enough, really, isn't it? Really, to uh, to scare people. Um, Rancor. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody knows. Yeah. Everybody. Knows. Oh no, yeah. the Rancor. Randy yeah. the Rancor. Okay. <laughs> oh no! Oh yeah! Oh no, Randy. Randy, <laughs> yeah. Randy. It's not, not going to work, is it? Uh, okay, we better move on. Um, given that I'm sure we're going to be talking a bit more later about other stuff. Oh, so, it could be Corey uh, too. Corey the Rancor. <laughs> Corey the Rancor. Okay, yeah. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah. Chapter four was the, called the Gathering Storm. The slops as well. It could be really quick, really. But in the Bactus tank, Vet remembers trying to reclaim his fire spray gunship. From Jabba's palace, oh, which yeah. was protected by too many guards. When he discovers Shand dying from a gut wound, Fett took her to a Moss Eisley mod partner, where her life was saved by cybernetics. In return, Fett requested Shand's help to break into the palace, now ruled by Bib Fortuna. After fighting the guards and retrieving Fett's ship, Shand decided to stay with Fett. They killed the biker gang that Fett believed had massacred the Tuscan tribe before flying to the Sonic pit to retrieve his armor. Shan killed the attacking Sonic with a seismic charge, though Fett did not find his armor inside. In the present, Fett emerges from the back to tank fully healed. Yay! He witnesses Chrysanthemum fighting Trandoshans in the sanctuary and hires him. At a banquet, he urges Moss Asper's other crime bosses to unite against the Pike Syndicate, but they refuse. With the Rancor's presence, Fett convinces them to remain neutral while he fights the Syndicate alone. Shan suggests they hire reinforcements for the imminent war. Well, there's a lot in here, actually. You can say in some respects, not much happened, but a lot happened. Yeah, not alone. For me, I'm, just, I'm still trying to work out Shan's, um, uh, thoughts, Shan's thoughts in all this. and She just seems to be going along for the ride, basically. But anyhow, uh, we'll go around the... Uh, table again quickly um ron 
were your thoughts on this episode? Trying to remember it, that um, I kind of think, I, yeah, I, kitchen, yeah, it was droids. the it was the Sarlacc oh, thing. Thing. The the Fennec Shan, the him him rushing the the tie into the Mandalorian sort of timeline of it all um, was was what was fun and you know getting him to see him truly be there and and rescue Fennec like we suspected obviously we know it now or whatever but seeing that moment or whatever although if I recall he didn't have his spurs on in in the book of Boba Fett but we heard the spur noise in mm-hmm. in Mando um, but there was some fun parts of that scene that I kind of remember taking away that she or no he knew her. He recognized her. She didn't know him because he didn't have his armor on. And she's like, oh, Boba Fett's dead. And he's like, yeah, no, I was but left on the sands of Tatooine, just like you kind of thing. So I, I think that's where the you, you asked you mentioned about her going along for the ride. But I think she kind of realizing, wait, that's Boba Fett. Um, yeah, that might be a good wagon to hitch myself to because that's Boba Fett. You know, he's he, I'd be curious to know what she knows Right, she's so much younger. Has to be so much younger, but would know of Boba Fett in Legend, or has she around when he was she's older was, than him? She's older than him. She was already like a bounty hunter when uh, Omega was a kid in Bad Batch. Yeah, she was a Bad Batch. She fought that blue guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She yeah. was she had wow. to be even young, say in so the twenties. Like, then, so right, she's got to know all about Boba Fett and how how, yeah. how badass he is, or whatever. So anyway, I think that's kind of why where she ended up once she realizes. That is Boba Fett uh, that rescued her. She's kind of sticks around, you know, because he what what he she pays her debt or she helps him or something or whatever. But then she's like, no, nah, I'm gonna. St- what else are you doing? And he's like, I got some other stuff to do or whatever. And she sticks around. So you know, I I think yeah, that's she's hitching her wagon to Boba Fett. Why would you not? He he obviously respected her, knew who she was because he he called her out as 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 Fennec Shan. He knew who she was right away. Didn't ask her anything, and that's proven to be a fun 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 coupling of those two or whatever and then breaking into and getting the ship i just remember in getting the ship there was a very cool scene where she's he needs the gate open and she sniper rifles the 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 whatever and the gate opens and the ship flies out and that was a very that was just so much fun that was so cool to see 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 the slave one you know back in action back in his hands and 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 getting out of there and the way she the way she helps uh helps to escape very very cool episode. I can't remember how it ends. How's it end? Oh, they're with the Sarlacc. Well, they go to so, the yeah. Sarlacc after that. Yeah, they do go to the Sarlacc. It kind of goes back in it, and then the oh, the the ending of it uh, had a it wasn't subtle, and that's why I say that I think this show we need to start taking on face value in terms of what it's going to show us or what it's telling us is what's going to happen because at the end, this is the one where we get the Mando theme. He says we need more help or yeah. something. She's like, ah, money can always buy help. And they clearly play the Mando theme. And now having seen that five, we know, you know, where that went to whatever. But yeah, there is no no subtlety all, to all this. I did like the the kitchen scene, um, the droids in there. That was so much oh fun. Oh my gosh, so, yeah. So well done. You yeah, know, they, they were, the, they rabbit <laughs> the rabbit droid. The rabbit droid, the chef droid. That chef droid's in Attack of the Clones. That's the droid that shoes R2 away. Padme and Anakin oh, are yeah, riding, is. riding the weird. riding the transport, and he's and three P or three PO R two's getting food yeah. for him, whatever. And that chef droid's like, "Hey, get out of here! No droids or something like that." And you know, R two's getting a plate for the kids. So that was that was kind of a neat tie into it. The all. rabbit droid was in uh, Clone Wars a lot. Yeah, 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 that rabbit droid definitely seemed familiar. Is that what he was? Where he was from? Yeah, they'd always hold little bombs and run around. Yeah, 
Well, he's not. He's the. He was the rat catcher. <laughs> the rat catcher. Yeah, he was a rat catcher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how bad are the rats? The, the... the womp rats. They're everywhere. Womp rat. Yeah. You gotta you gotta shoot them in your T sixteen. We got bullseye them. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right, uh, Murray, your thoughts on this episode? Um, I like this episode a lot better than the last one. Um, but the last one did grow on me quite a bit, especially when, um, you know, Boba Fett takes Fennec Chan to the mod shop, and that's what when I got, I kind of went, oh, okay, so that's why we we got that. Um, I mean, obviously, like Ron said, a, a lot of, um, there's a lot of what you see is what you get on the show, where, like, um, not to say that everything ties into everything, but that was why um, they kind of made it, not a huge deal, but that was that was kind of a thing in the last episode, where, um, and and that was um, where we got that introduction to to what was going to happen in episode four, kind of like a sneak preview of, of that. Um, the chef droid was probably one of my favorite things because um, I did notice something about I did notice something about this and the Mandalorian where there's a lot of like just ordinary people and droids doing ordinary things, yeah. like you know, uh, chefs cooking or or whatever. And we're going to talk a little bit about um, the the next episode what I saw in the next episode that that kind of grabs me about this particular iteration of Star Wars, but it was just kind of like, kind of like a funny little workaday kind of sequence where you just see ordinary people and ordinary droids doing ordinary things and um, having it all kind of just go to crap because, you know, there's um, the, the rat catcher droid and, and all that and everything going crazy. And I, that was a lot of that was a pretty fun sequence um i was very excited to hear the um the theme of the mandalorian at the very end mm. and i kind of knew you know at that point again we're we're getting very much what you see is what you get but um i knew at that point that, that meant they were going to bring in the mandalorian next episode but i had no idea what was in store for, <laughs> for that one yeah i didn't know they right. go so on board they, yeah they go <laughs> with that one that was yeah, just like but but all in all, I really like this episode. Okay. Very good. Uh, Ryan? Uh, I'll touch on it since no one has yet. Uh, fire spray versus Sarlacc pit. Oh, my God. That was amazing. Seeing like, him fly a ship know. into the Sarlacc pit. And, and now we know he didn't kill it when yeah, he walked like, out of it. <laughs> mm. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't think he killed it to begin with. I mean, a little bit of flame on the side. Like, the thing's a giant alien creature. So... Then we got to see a Sarlacc fight a spaceship. Like, this is crazy. <laughs> I thought that was fantastic. And then the seismic bomb, you know, oh, she just jumps my... up and starts pressing random buttons. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like here it comes. My, that's my favorite thing in, I think, my favorite weapon in Star Wars. Like, when Episode 2 came out, and that, that was like, I, that's my favorite sequence of the whole movie. Did you, you said, well, here, legendary. Right, you yeah. said, oh, here it comes. Did you know that button was going to release the seismic charge or once you see the seismic charge sort of quasi falling out of the ship because it wasn't in space you were like oh here it comes no it's after she pressed the button and then the doors open up you i was like it. oh okay. my god you know, you know what that's gonna be yeah yeah when the doors opened up be. that's when i knew what that was i was like oh there it goes i really appreciated the in atmosphere 
gravitational aspect of it didn't pop out it didn't what you know it's it's meant to be released from the ship and the ship flies away from it it has no thrusters or whatever you know and the other person flies into it kind of thing that it sort of bounced around and rattled on the hull of the ship before it made its way down there kind of thing that that uh, just that little nuance that little touch was appreciate you know sometimes they do some little things it was like ah you're paying attention to everything and then other times they uh, they really grind me because there's some things where they don't pay attention i don't want to get into right now but it's just that was fun that definitely was fun okay yeah it's and i like let's see it just makes it seem like that fire spray style ship is just the most awkward and terrible thing in the world to fly he's trying to escape the hangar (laughs) and he's just staring at the ceiling you know and then when he wants to look down the whole ship rotates you know and then he's got to lie down fennec shan falls on the glass and runs around it's just the ship's awesome and it's iconic but realistically it's like this thing is just terrible to fly. Right, it's I have the same It's a huge <laughs> target. It has a huge profile. When you're fi- flying it, you see the back end, you know, you see the iron holes or whatever you want to say, whatever. So it has a huge the profile if you're the- shooting at it. Yeah, so if you're ever in a dogfight, I don't know that the Slave 1's the thing I want to be in because if I'm being chased, it just, you know, an X-Wing is nice and sleek. An N1 is nice and sleek. It's a very hard target to yeah, hit. A Slave like 1, or, you know, or a fire spray gunship or whatever the heck. Obviously, you're, you'd be the chaser, not the chasee. Because if you get anybody on your six, yeah. you're in trouble. You, you've got to, unless that thing's got some other flying style that we haven't right seen yet where the profile isn't big. But even laid over flat like it was in the hangar, it's still a pretty, pretty you know, sizable profile. But then the Razor Crest is, is that way, too. I kind of thought that when we first saw it. It was like, that's not the best ship to be trying to run away it's from anything because it's a big target. It's a brick. Yeah, it's a, yeah. a lot so of surface area to hit. So, yeah, his fire spray is definitely uh, – it's iconic. It's very cool. And I've seen a lot of people, I'm sure everyone noticed, but I've seen a lot of people online. Again, I feel defensive about some of the stuff, so I dig into it. And I just rewatched the scene not too long ago. But they keep questioning how a ship like his can face down and still stay floating type of thing. Because they're like, well, the thrusters are on the back. And it's we have to remember that we live in a universe where things float. You don't need thrusters to be, you know, in New Hope. Luke flies that land speeder and it doesn't need thrusters. It floats. You know, it uses the antigrav. And if you watch when Boba Fett's ship starts turning face down, his wings rotate to stay flat. So my theory is that the antigrav or the stuff that makes it float without thrust is from his wings because his wings stay horizontal with the ground but the whole ship rotates and it's those wings that are keeping pretty much lift you know keeping the lift so it can stay even when the ship is in fly mode so it's standing up it can still float perfectly straight up and down like a pencil and that doesn't make sense there because the thrusters are on the back but if you picture it like the wings are they anti-grav for floating and the thrusters just move you forward into hyperspace or into sublight speed? That's all it is. So, again, I always feel defensive when there's a lot of people bashing on things. It's like, well, we can all find reasons to make it realistic in Star Wars. And those wings is why it can stay upright and still look straight down on that Star Trek. Ryan, I love it. Yeah, because I'm usually the one that, you know, it's like, that's fine. I saw it. So that's how it works. And I know it works because it was on screen. So that's Star Wars. But yeah, we have to square. There's got to be some way to justify it. So when I'm talking with, you know, uh, lay fan, it's like, oh, come on. How's he doing that? It's like, oh, well, you know, it's explainable this way. Oh, it's exp- I like it. So the wings, the, the, those those wings that are out there are what tend to 
uh, rotate or, or, or orient themselves with whatever it is that needs to be so they can fly in whatever orientation. And that that's a that seems to be a, a valid, a great explanation as to as to the how that right. Hey, how is that ship yeah. flipped around that he's yeah, got? Because if you watch, they always stay yeah horizontal. So whether it's that. up like a pencil or facing down, those it just allows it to rotate. And everything has. I mean, even. You know the Vespas or whatever they were. They they float. They have anti gravitational thrusters and stuff. It's everything floats, whether it be a uh, carbon freezing. Those yeah. things float. Right. Well, then yeah. help me out. Square, so everything floats. Square Fenix sentient droid uh, mapping thing. She sends off to go find all the guards and in, 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 in yeah, and it knew to hide, like it heard footsteps coming around the corner, so it knew to like hide over here around the corner. And uh, yes, just, it's just a spy droid. That's all. Just then it's got and it needed the bright red LEDs so we as the audience could see it. I yeah. understand that, but it's got these bright LEDs that if anybody is walking the halls, like, hey, what's that thing? Oh, that's one of them spy droids. Get it quick. Obviously, why it's hiding and everything. The the, the, the that's the kind of thing that it's like, oh, okay, well, that needs to be. Could be could be better well done. That's but like an, it needs to work. And that's really an every camera. That's an every camera though for the movies. Like we were just watching the new season of Dexter, and there's a random person kidnapped in a room, and you look up at the ceiling, there's a camera, and it's flashing red. And I'm like, if you kidnap somebody, why would you have a flashing red camera? In the <laughs> so turn, the LED, yeah, turn the LED off. Yeah. <laughs> it's just what movies do. Show the show yeah. camera. Yeah, it's like it's TV programs, any TV program where you know a couple gets in bed and go, oh, good night, um, you know, John, good night, uh, Marianne, or something. They turn them, they turn the light off by the side of the bed. It's like day night. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's <Yeah>. always. <laughs> I thought I can't go to sleep like that, but they do it because obviously they turn the light off and it was dark. You wouldn't see a flipping thing. It'd be Game of Thrones. Yeah, so it's <laughs> always it's always more brighter in a, in a bedroom or, or or a nighttime scene than it needs to be in these things, isn't it? But, but yeah, yeah. I, well, what you mean? But yeah, so the fire fire spray versus Sarlacc was awesome. Um, oh, I like that they released uh, the kind of the picture of the way a Sarlacc is, and they explain that the tongue has the beak and the mouth is still the thing with all the teeth, all the teeth. So it's definitely throwing back from the original and then to the special edition when they added the beak type thing and like no, no no the tongue is just a beak and the mouth is still a mouth so yeah, i found that very interesting point out they, they, they did try to square the beak for sure yeah they, they were trying to say they, they didn't have the beak anymore I'm like it totally did because that's what grabbed the ship like oh you see the beak yeah. for sure yeah you see the beak for sure. shining the light around or whatever and all of a sudden it comes yeah. up you know it's a bit of a jump scare jump which scare, is yeah. it's just star wars but yeah it was, it was it was it was definitely the beak and in a way to show you how the beak is down in there like Ryan said, that it kind of makes the special edition and the original both work, or, or just it, it squares yeah, the beat. Basically, going back to the other episode, like, do you really think he wanted to walk all the way back up where that tongue was? At? <laughs> um, it does. It yeah. does have, make for a. There's still some logistic because he did have some light shining on his helmet. I went back and looked at that. There's definitely some daylight there's some sort of light shining on his helmet uh, now it needs to be there because like steven just pointed out if we go to his stomach <laughs> it, we're not going to be able to see him you know they had to have something on. he could have turned his headlight on and we'd be able to see it or whatever but uh, so he did it he made his way out to the side and climbed through a, a cubic ton of sand it, it worked it, it somehow he did it's it's i'm past it kind of <laughs> <laughs> Because the whole flying, so, the the last, fighting the ship was was 
was uh, okay. So the sh- the thing held onto the ship. The thing held onto the ship. Was that strong? Like like Lando. I guess the problem it, I had the tentacles it, were kind of pulling Lando down, and he was kind of holding onto sand so that he couldn't go down right away. So the tentacles, yes, they do pull things in, whatever. But you know that. But yet now they're holding on to a starship that's like full thruster reverse or whatever that uh, again it's just to kind of float the ship yeah how strong are the anti-navs right they're they're as strong as lando gripping sand trying to hold himself and being pulled down the sloped pit yeah how strong are the anti-grabs but it definitely was for made for a, a stunning stunning visual that's for sure but that that's where yeah, i guess it got a little comic booky for me in terms of that was like a comic book panel to have the the tentacles holding on to the slave one hovering over top of the sarlacc but they were all out. grabbing the the ship where the other one's kind of like the, the sarlacc didn't know what to grab because there was like so much food around the jedi he was eating people he was fighting other people oh now yeah that was, he was he was distracted okay he was distracted. Yeah. Love yeah. it, Ryan. Love it. Yeah, he was. He had other stuff going on. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a I busy sarlacc. It was a busy sarlacc. All the tentacles were off doing things. Right, he can't play the piano. He can do. You know, he's like me. He can do one <laughs> thing at a time with one hand. So yeah, yeah. Can't be trying to hold a starship down and. Uh, so and so it was, is, it was hungry. Now, is, is 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 Santin? Is he actually now fully employed by Bobo? Is he just because he says you know, you know like you need a job, and the next time we see. Chrysanthemum is there? He's bodyguarding the uh, the meeting. Uh, but did you just hire him just to stand there but at the meeting? Or was he as he hired him for? Well, didn't he find uh, him at the club? Yeah. I mean, I don't know yeah, if he went looking yeah, for yeah, him. Yeah, he found him at the but... club and he goes, "Oh, you know, you need a hey, mate. You look like you need a job." Um, and the next minute, he's there standing around the meeting table. What did he just hire him to stand at the meeting table, or was he just hired him now as a full time? No, he's staff now. He's, that's uh, he's all there. you need Wookies for is to be threatening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I think if you're going to have, you know, trying to be the new guy and like that one family member said or whatever, it's like, what do we need you for? We'll just kill you right now kind of thing or whatever. So, yeah, I think it was good to have him, whether he's full-time staff or there just for that meeting, it don't matter. I think you have him there for that meeting and then say, hey, you want a full-time gig? And Chris Anton's either going to say yay or nay kind of situation that I think he needs to be muscled, that he's proven to be strong enough to be able to do it. So, yeah, he's going to be part of part of the Fett's crew to some extent. I wonder if Wookiee's healed quickly because he, he didn't even have any bandages on from all those stab rooms or anything, did he? He wasn't even limping. Um, I mean, well, how about that? gets shot and then he's fine later in the movie. So. How about yeah. the Twi'lek talking him down? Calm in voice and everything. He's like, oh, yeah, you yeah, don't yeah. want to. And he does it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love the, 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 the facial expressions of the Trandoshans. Yeah, it's amazing, brilliantly. I can't help but chuckle, even though she's about having his arm ripped off. I just love her dialogue in that scene. She's, she's, oh, you got nothing left. To, you know, you're good. You've done this. You don't need to make the. We all know how bad. We all know how ba you are. You don't need to <laughs> yeah. rip this guy's arms off. Yeah. and it's like rip I'll, his arms off. I'll clear your bar tap. You know, just, just <laughs> let the guy go. Whatever. I'll clear your bar. The sun's getting <laughs> does it anyway. <laughs> so, do we think was was? So I'm trying to work it. What was Chrysanthemum? Was he was he drunk? Was he just angry, or does he just not like Trandoshans? What was his motivation for getting up and just... Well, there's it was a, on Monday. There's a it was war. All three. There's a war. <laughs> yeah, there's a war between uh, Wookiees and Trandoshans. Like, they uh-huh. I read in some of the books, and I love the idea that they hate each other. 
You yeah. know, they're they just two species, two neighboring planets that just have a natural hate for each other. And you got to think they're they're opposites. And even the way the characters are designed, you know, Transdotions heal, you know, they're strong, they have yeah. claws. And then there's saw, monkeys that are much saw, bigger and have. Ryan, I don't think you've gotten to the episode yet in Clone Wars. That's Man, what I was getting to say, Ricky. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that was the beginning of it. It was that episode. Of I'm in uh, season oh, four, is... episode like eight. No, no, that's what, what, what is that in Ricky where we see? Cause I think we see the, the, trans, arc. the Transdotions are kind of hunt Wookiees, uh, enslave them or otherwise are, are, oh, yes, aren't yes. nice to Wookiees. Right, I don't yeah. think Wookiees are the other way in reverse to Transdotions. They just no, don't no, like Transdotions because of what they kidnap did people and have their like predator style, like hunting thing. Yeah. Where's then... that on the timeline of all this? That's well before all of this. Right? Yeah. That's, I yeah. rewatched, so that's before that. Yeah, way way before all of this, whatever. So yeah, there's part of that, Ryan, that is the yeah. There's something to the Transdotion and Wookie. There is not much love from the Wookie standpoint. Um, yeah, so yeah, when he sees help. that, it's, yeah, it's almost like a, a hate that's been going on for you know generations. That today no one can really explain why. They just know that they hate each other. So he's just yeah. sitting at the bar, and he's like, "Man, I don't like that these Transdotions are having fun." So he's like, "I'm just gonna go screw them up." I'm yeah, just gonna go all, start trouble. It was all three. He hates him. Um, uh, he was drunk, and was just otherwise yeah. done with it. Done. Was, maybe I don't know. Maybe he was there mad was like that a, he was captured. Maybe there's some kind of hollow chest tournament where a Trandoshan beat a Wookie, and that's <laughs> where it is. I'd say Hatfield and McCoys, but I don't know that the Wookies have a hatred for the Transdotions other than because of what the Transdotions did to them. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That that yeah. theirs is has to be there because of how the Transdotions treated them. They can't just look there, you know, aren't looking the other way kind of thing. So I don't know if it it goes both ways, but for different reasons. I don't know. I don't have a good way of explaining where I think I the Wookiee side comes from. They're but it's great, a great they're great species to pit against each other. Yeah, yeah. It's so a great, I love the fact that there's aliens and predators, basically. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I liked in uh how this episode like I mean, I you know I I'm one of the weirdos that likes episode two a lot, so like I've seen it like a bazillion times, <laughs> but like I don't know if it's uh Tamora's acting or how, he like is basically Daniel Logan in the other movie like when he's you know shooting the you know the Sarlacc or shooting down the the biker gang like he's making that angry face like you know Boba did in you know episode two and you know he's shooting stuff and then uh just you know just everything in there is just like a call by pushing the buttons and dropping the seismic charges and all like that's so uh boba fett in episode two like as a kid like it, i i love how they uh they're, they're kind that, of like doesn't he yell at not yell at fennec but doesn't he say don't push my buttons or something like that yeah <laughs> don't touch the button which is kind of like a mando thing <laughs> i guess they're just trying to be be stern it was like well, yeah but she she did she did save things anyway i thought that was a, a like weird dad's don't touch my don't touch my buttons. Don't touch. Don't push my buttons. Yeah, I I, I just like how uh, the the callbacks to episode two in the show are. Oh, which, yes. I mean, episode two is like the essential most we see a Boba Fett character. I mean, Jango Fett is basically Boba Fett, so you know it, it makes sense. And then you know, the, I don't know I I just love it. I, I like the way they um they're tying everything in together, especially like the Return of the Jedi stuff too. It's like it's one long story for me, so you know I don't really uh. You know. I feel like Tamora is definitely making the character his yeah. own, though. You know, they're bringing oh, yeah. his culture and stuff like that. You know, the muse, the theme is just getting so good. I'm loving the theme more and more. It's like, hope, and then all the dancing yeah, and, yeah. and, and you're right. Stuff, yeah. It's great. My first, heard, my first 
watched it with, because obviously I said to you before, with the Mandalorian at the end, we used to stay and watch the whole credits at the end because of that music and the um, the concept arts and that kind of stuff. I loved that. And then when, when we got this, um, the book about fat music at the end, I was thinking, well, I watched it until the, um, and the, the, um, the uh, concept art stuff finished. And I thought, well, I'm not, don't really into this music, but I am now. It took two or three episodes, but uh, I, I, I like the, I like the, the music now. Um, it took, yeah, I agree. Yeah, if you take a cross country, take a cross country trip and only have one cassette tape in the car, and the radio stations can't be found or whatever, you'll listen to that cassette. You'll end up. It might not be you know your favorite music, but you'll end up liking it eventually because if you listen to it enough times, you you just you like. I was the same way. I didn't don't know that I cared for the FET music too much, but now you hear it, and you're just like, oh yeah, yeah okay, that's FET. Let's settle in. Let's let's enjoy ourselves. Let's have you know, I found myself. I found myself sometimes after watching it going, "How's it has got dum di dum dum di dum 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 like that." Yeah, <laughs> so it's getting really it's epic. It's definitely got his into me now. Yeah. Hey, I like the hey, I like the music that comes in the the sort of triumphant music, like when you see the Slave One for the first time. There's a there's a triumphant sort of fan not a fanfare but i can't describe music very well so so yeah anyway yes the music cues are are working yeah 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 it's a fanfare but it's not very trumpety so yeah but that is (laughs) yeah fanfare (laughs) move on to the next episode (laughs) i was gonna say about that thing i know because there's there's quite a lot of um as you say theme theme music and end credit music now when you've got that chanty stuff in it and what I love is that you actually listen to it and you actually, um, uh, so they're actually saying absolutely nothing in particular. It's unbelievable. I watched, uh, I saw uh, someone on uh, YouTube about it when, the, when those chaps he does it, is it Beer McGreedy and that kind of stuff? Is he called Beer McGreedy? He does some music for some other stuff. And it literally just people just go and they get these things and they just go, you just, just chant. They go, and it's absolutely, they're not actually any words that you can actually comprehend at all. Uh, but I just find it funny. Anyhow, okay, okay, yeah, okay. Well, kind of like uh, Maul's, uh, it's not Maul's theme, but, you know, the, the yeah. big theme at the end of episode one. There's no words in that. You know, people say there is. Talks about corn yeah, on the cob or whatever. Think, but the thing is, when you, when you first hear it, it's going in the background, you think they are singing something, don't you? You think they are singing words, but when you actually do it carefully, you realize they're actually singing rubbish. No, they're vocalizing. Yeah, they're, just they're, not, they're not singing, like, you know, like, a, like words, like... Um, like Duel of the Fates. Duel of the Fates has actual words to it. Right. <laughs> it but, seems but it doesn't not, seem like it's not I mean, it's not it's lyrics. Uh, what I know of it, I remember yeah. I went to Star Wars in concert, the thing hand um, hosted by Anthony Daniels, and that was just a trip. And did a backstage thing. Remember seeing some music or talking to somebody, whatever. And I was wondering, are you guys actually say, asking somebody if they were actually saying words? And they said, no, it's just things like Marie said from a, to to help us vocalize what we're supposed to be saying, whatever. It's not like literal translated words. But then in learning about the music over the over the years or whatever, I, I believe it is words. It's like some archaic language or something out there. Not that they translate into anything. But they're sing-songy, vocalizing things that sound good to make the Duel of the Fates sound as awesome as it is. So I, I think I know them to be words that they are singing, vocalizing with, but they're not literal translation into the this is the bad guy, he's about to attack, you know, type of type of <laughs> words or lyrics, if you will. They're just vocalizations, but they're not made up 
oohs and ahs or whatever they're saying. They are trying to say some. Say There's some, a lot of it now. I mean, almost every show I've watched in the last five years, um, Vikings, Black Sails, Spartacus, all that got those kind of chants and stuff in the background, and you know, same sort of kind of um, style. And uh, yeah, it's, I, I really like it, um, even though it, yeah, it's not. It's not actually. You're not going to download the lyrics and sing them, but you can. <laughs> But I have seen you said about Cancorn. I have seen where the Duel of the Fates people have like put visualization to the sound, the vocalization that we're hearing, and you can hear them saying Cancorn and RC Cola. Or yeah, just, it, it's just funny and stuff. Yeah, it is funny. That we'll have to find it's, that. It's also, there's also something this is going slightly off topic. There's something here in. I'm not sure it's the same in the US, but in the UK, if you haven't got lyrics to a, a piece of music, you it actually you can't claim rights and sort of um copyrights and um, stuff for it. I think there's something like that. So you get people who um like the theme, you know, the the, the theme Eastenders over here and stuff. There was they somebody put lyrics to it. Um, so so, you, so be, you're telling me the yeah. UK doesn't have a Yanni? A what? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> so, so what I just heard was if your music doesn't have lyrics, you can't lay copyright to it. So if you're there somebody that just does instrument, about it. I mean, if you're just or, an artist that does, just does instrumentalization, like a Yanni. No, 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 no. There, there was, I, no I'll, I'll Google it and I'll try and get you an answer from. There is something about lyrics and legality and stuff over here on pieces of music, but I can't tell you exactly what it is. Death, Rich. Okay. Anyhow. <laughs> we, we, we've got half hour left, so we need to we need to get we need to yeah, move on to the next on. episode. So chapter five. Uh, I'm still all Daft Punk's music. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> chapter five was entitled "The Return of the Mandalorian." Okay, so, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that really we got that one, didn't we? <laughs> exactly where it was going. So after Din Djarin tracks and kills a bounty, he delivers the bounty's head for directions to a Mandalorian hideout. There he finds the armorer and Paz Fizzler, survivors of their tribe of Mandalorian warriors, who inspect the Darksaber that he won from Moff Gideon. The armorer explains that whoever wins the Darksaber in combat can become the ruler of Mandanor, though their civilization was destroyed by the Empire. The armorer turns Dinjarin's viscous spear into a gift for his former charge, Grogo. Fizzler, a descendant of the Darksaber's creator, Tari Taro Fizzler, Challenges Dijarin to a duel for the saber. Dijarin defeats Fisner, but reveals that he previously broke their tribe's code by removing his helmet. Rejected by the tribe, Dijarin takes a commercial transport to meet Pile Moto on Tatooine, who has an old N1 starfighter to replace his previous ship, the Razor Crest. Together, they fix and modify the starship, and Dijarin takes it for a test flight. Upon his return, Fennec Shand arrives and asks Dijarin to assist Boba Fett in the upcoming war. He agrees, but only after he visits a friend. All you need are friends. Okay, so I will say very briefly, get my two pence worth off. I wish they didn't, wish they hadn't hijacked Boba Fett's story like this, but hey, it is what it is. Ron, what did you think? Uh, I just kept seeing comic book panels flash by as I watched the episode on the first on the very first viewing of it. I have since come to terms with it and, and come to enjoy it. But, man, it, it was it, in a word, it was exposition. It was it was a whole lot of a whole lot of going on, like I say, kind of hijacked Boba Fett's story in order to tell more Mandalorian lore, Mandalorian story. Um, I did appreciate how they handled 
the dark saber in his physical handling of it, of having a problem with it. That whole George Lucas uh, broadsword heavy, you know, the, the teachings that we've learned from the Jedi over the years that, you know, you have to control the, the, the lightsaber and all that, that he goes and hurts himself with it. Is, is the thing. There was a whole that, episode. There was a whole episode or two in Rebels, wasn't there, with um, Kanan teaching um, names I've forgotten. The, 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 Sabine. The, Sabine, Sabine, yeah. yeah dark saber in its ways and stuff, yeah. Yeah, that I mean, just I, there was a panel that po- a literal comic book panel that popped in my head when the, the bad guy at the beginning says, you know, I'm sure we you look like a, a reasonable man. I'm sure we can work some sort of uh, deal or something like that. And then there's just the next comic book panel that is the Mandalorian's face where it is, I can bring you in warm or I can bring you in cold. It just you knew it was coming. It, it was so it was awesome, but it was it was I don't, don't want to say formulaic. It just I can tell. Was so he gonna have him ride the bus with him after he captured him warm? Because <laughs> he didn't have yeah. a ship. <laughs> well, yeah, that was another question yeah. I definitely had. How it's did he get to wherever the heck he was? How did he get back from wherever the heck he was? Two adults, please. Yeah, yeah. It'd be a um a weekend weekend at Bernie's sort of. No, no, no. He, my guy, he, my buddy here. He's just he's out of it. He's blotto. I'm gonna I'm drag him into his head. He's off his head. He's, yeah, he's blacked <laughs> out, drunk here, whatever. He's fine. Don't mind. Don't. Tis but a flash. Was that was that carry on? You think? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, just just an awesome, awesome episode of the Mandalorian as far as Boba Fett goes. Yeah, obviously, but it's all going to tie in. We all kind of knew the book of Boba Fett was um, Mando 2.5 type of season. It's just, just none of. I don't think any of us. We all knew the Mando was returning. To some extent, from from F four and the theme, I don't think any of us thought he was like taking over the entire. What Boba Fett's name is said at the end, and he's like, "Yeah, I'll work for him." Tell him it's on the house or whatever. But yeah, Boba Fett, not in this episode, which is you know an odd tagline of sorts for a book of the Boba Fett episode. But the end one, the 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 scene at the end, the the you know building the ship and him not wanting it, and then eventually wanting it, just. That was fun. Uh, that was really, really enjoyed. I mean, they took a lot of time. They took the last half of the episode building that ship, flying that ship, and you know him punching it with the cops and everything. It was oh yeah, quite entertaining. You gotta love, you gotta I, love a good building montage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Building montage. It did, but it wasn't a montage. It was like a building episode. It was a building half of episode montage. It, but yeah, just catching all those parts. Um, him him flying through the you know it's like taking out i've said i put this online a couple places or whatever that just i had a little bit of him taking out the brand new freshly built sports car down the (laughs) winding road that he's never been on before and you know and and giving it what fur through all there seems a little like wait what but obviously he survived or that ship has anti-avoidance capabilities or something that he's able to able to navigate and do what he did but yeah the throwbacks the tiebacks the pod racing uh, scenes and and, and course beggars canyon all that good stuff in this episode it was it was so much fun that yeah uh, that was that was a quick episode in terms of sitting down and watching it it didn't he didn't he say something like i don't know how to fly this or something or at, at the start or something yeah at the beginning he's like ah it handles a little and she's like oh you're used to a a yeah. gunship or a transport or something. You got to, you know, you got to basically said you're used to driving a sedan, drive it like a sports yeah. car. And yeah. then once he yeah. got yeah. into it, then he's he like, oh, yeah, this baby handles like a go bike. <laughs> this thing's uh, on rails. It's like, yeah. It had... He went from an RV to like a coupe. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I like yeah. that he. 
I like that he polishes, you know, and, and makes it makes it razor crusty in terms of you know polishes off all all the color. Um, Style. There was one part of the one mod of the ship I don't care for. It was like the ramjet air intake turbo thing. Engine that's on the, yeah. the engine block, exposed engine air uh, uh, air filter for the engine block on the. It's like the engines are on the two sides. I'm not sure what that thing. Now, in looking at it, it might could be a weapon, perhaps. But in watching rewatching the episode, the thing sort of like when he cranks the engine like a like a car movie when he cranks the engine and it turns over that thing that i take issue with it could be a weapon it shakes like an engine would shake when you hit the throttle and like room room and it you see it sort of torque with the engine so it's i'm not sure how, how an n1's built but i really think the engines are the two things the two nacelles or whatever that are on the side of it and not quite sure what's in the front middle part there but ah, it was fun to watch so uh, i'll have to get over it but it was a good damn good episode. I think it was almost like a callback to George Lucas. I mean, wasn't his one of his first movies kind of old racing car based? Yeah, and it was yellow. It was uh, no, no sword. <laughs> certainly, but I got to figure out what that exposed air it's a, uh, engine block thing well, is. This man, so that'll be better. I know it. the name of it. It's a turbonic venturi a simulator. So I don't know if that helps much. Obviously. But, you know, Venturi is a uh, is is almost made for switching power. Venturi is something that moves back and forth. So you got to think of it as like there's mm-hmm. two engines. So Venturi would help kind of balance out the power and, you know, to make it race car ish. You know, they power put couple. it right there in the middle. <laughs> yeah. The thing he had that w- everybody's saying, oh, that's the thing that was in the trash compactor. Yeah. That yeah, was yeah. some sort of yeah. like turbo add on or something or whatever. And I, I'm kind of have an issue with why the hell would that be in the trash compactor of the Death Star of the detention wing? If because it's an engine well, model, they work on a lot of someone's ship. They work like, on a lot of ships. But if they kidnap a, somebody, it was a bad catalytic. Con- it's a bad catalytic converter. It's a bad catalytic converter. They just threw it in oh, the garbage. They, that's right. They stole it off the pike on the detention block trash compactor. They stole. They threw it away there. That was. Well, I mean, the ship was probably in there too. You know, I'm pretty sure. In the detention, there. probably a lot of shoots. Well, was a lot of to the one. But I thought I thought Luke says no, and they shut off all the church and the where are we at? We're in the detention center or whatever. He says the cell block and yeah, he's like, nah, shut them all down, shut them all down. So there's like more than one trash compactor. So so to say there's a lot of shoots and that came from the hangar and they threw away a catalytic converter is like that's the anyway, there's some way to square it. I just need it squared. <laughs> <laughs> what else was that thing? <laughs> Um, Murray. I like that they stole it off the pike. Awesome. What do you what do you say? Sorry. Uh, what do you, yeah. he says something about uh, uh, the Jawas crawled under? Did, uh, they, they insinuate that oh, they yeah, crawled they under and stole it off the nicked it off the yeah. off the pikes while they were parked somewhere. And, and Mando says, "Oh, Just, brave little buggers!" Or he says something about the Jawas <laughs> that I thought was cute. Yeah. What, uh, Murray. Um, I like this episode a lot from the outset, even though I was looking for Boba Fett the whole time and he yeah. never showed his face. Where's Boba Boba Fett, you would have thought he would have been in there even for a split second, but I guess it was just one of those little side adventures that uh, in the book that like the main character doesn't appear in. But um, that aside, um, touching on again, one of the things that I really like about this iteration of Star Wars um, is that whole um, workaday thing where you just kind of see people in the uni- in that universe kind of going about their days doing kind of crappy jobs, if you really think about it, because that whole butcher shop 
um, cutting meat. Yeah. 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 Really crappy job. Like the, um, but mm. it's um, one of those aspects of the Mandalorian and uh, now book of Boba Fett that I really enjoy that you kind of just see people going about their lives. It's not all about like the rebellion or all about the empire or all about the, you know, Boba Fett's gang that he's assembling. It, you mm. kind of get a whole glimpse of the universe. Um like who knew like what they did with the moisture when it got evaporated? You know the exactly. you knew you Luke's never, homestead. You never yeah. Moisture farmer actually did like it. it they and mention it, but, like they don't actually like show yeah. you what the the end result of that is. And I and yeah. that's one thing I'm kind of liking about the Mandalorian and um the Book of Boba Fett is that you kind of get more of more than a glance at that sort of thing. Like you you it, it opens up the world a whole lot. Um, but going back to the actual episode itself, um, the casting out of, of, um, Din and hit and, uh, by the armor, you know, telling him that he's basically not a Mandalorian anymore, go away, um, reminded me a lot too. It, it touches back on the, um, the prequels. Um, and that's another thing about these, uh, these new shows that they touch on the prequels a lot, um, mm-hmm. and the Jedi and their whole blindness to, um, and the rigidity in in that you know you get, you can't uh, fall in love you can't do this you can't do that there was a lot of parallel in the the, um, the way stuff, that the yeah. old Jedi were the old Jedi order and um, a lot of the things that I think um, we don't get to see this a lot but a lot of the things that Luke probably might have seen that was wrong with the the old Jedi and their hubris kind of thing and that um, that's probably going to be like a big uh, I, I'm thinking that's going to be like a big yeah, conflict in uh, the upcoming season of the Mandalorian, like what it means to be a Mandalorian kind of thing, like the different ways. Yeah, they're already called. Yeah, he's already called a religious zealot by other Mandalorians, so right, right. it's he almost like an awakening. That, am I doing the right thing? Yeah, exactly. He's been kidnapped by a cult, <laughs> basically. Yeah, basically, yeah. So, um, I thought that was an interesting <laughs> aspect of it. Um, the him being on the transport that was that was the uh, another like an, uh, again i'm always taken by the little bits of comedy in the show because the whole thing where he's uh, trying to get on the transport with all his weapons and then trying to claim that hey they, these are part of my religion this is this is why i have yeah. to come with yeah yep. it's like <laughs> nope sorry not gonna fly he was trying to go on star tours they wouldn't let him take his uh, his weapons with them <laughs> yeah. yeah so that was that was kind of cool um all in all, this is an episode I really, really liked. Even though, like I said, we don't ever get to see the book of Bo- the book of Boba Fett. It's all of a sudden the book of Din Djarin, but um, it was it was a great episode for me. Yeah, I just this was one of the best episodes of Mandalorian or anything that they ever had. Uh, it was just steeped with lore, callbacks from beginning to end, adventures uh it was everything that i love about star wars where it's one of the big reasons i read the books and the comics because there's always more to learn somewhere else in its callbacks you know the the night of a thousand tears or whatever it is now i want to know more about that like every little blurb of anything is like well now i want to know about that well now i want to know about that too you know the whole episode was filled with it and i think that's again some of the the, negativity is Mandalorian jedi too that's mm. more lore yeah yeah Vizsla or whatever it is yeah. yeah didn't they add this is is this the first time we heard that the dark saber was created by a mandalorian that was no. also a jedi no they, no, they, they did not. Time we heard that. No, where did we correct. Clone Wars right 
Well, or was it Rebels? Rebels. I know, I know. No, I think I know it was created. He, it was created by somebody that was a Jedi and then was yeah. used to kill Jedi. I, I kind of knew we it, it existed. Yeah, it was ancient. That it was a Mandalorian. It was an ancient weapon. It was used to defeat Jedi. But I don't think we've ever heard that it was created no, by a Mandalorian a that was a Jedi. He was the only Mandalorian Jedi. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Well, then why was it used to defeat Jedi? It wasn't. No, I think but, he created it. And the Jedi, the Jedi have a problem with Mandalorians as it is because their armor is the anti of the lightsaber. So uh, there's already like an unease between them. They're like, uh-huh. that's why they say, well, we only use our armor for defense. And I love that aspect too. Cause they're, so that was obviously not made. I mean, it could have been made by Mandalore, his spear, but uh, Din's, I guess, creed doesn't believe in weapons made of Beskar. And I loved that aspect yeah. where they say, yeah. no, we don't use our weapons for attack. We use our one of a kind Beskar as defense type of well, thing. And it's the ultimate thing too, yeah. against the lightsaber. They don't want Beskar weapons so like just, floating around. Yeah. yeah. Well, it and gets I, to that's that, the first that it damages Beskar. I'm like, well, that's interesting. It gets to that dogmatic nature. Of the, the the prophecy and the whole Darksaber has got to be wheeled and got to be won in combat. And Paz Vizsla goes all, all macho over. He just met the guy. He's like, oh, I'm glad you're back. And here, let me heal you. And he said... You know, thank you for your sacrifice and all that. And then next scene, he's like, I'm going to fight you for it because I want to rule. You don't deserve to hold it. It just I mean, there's three of them. If if he took that to the true end before the armor stops him and kills the Jaren, now they're down to two. And, yeah, he's got the uh, dark saber and gets to rule, but he's ruling over him and her. You know, just it. it it's like, a I'm weird, the king of nothing. Yeah, it's a <laughs> weird. Well, they're still they're still looking for someone to unite Mandalore. So and he he thinks he gets right just because it's his bloodline. And you know there is even a Vizsla in Clone Wars. And yeah, I gotta yeah. ask, is that the first time we learn his name? Like, wasn't he just called the Heavy Mandalorian? Yeah. In the know. previous, no, they said his, I think they said his name before in the, the other episode. Because I mean, I've seen no talk on it. Because as soon as I say I seen the armorer call him Paz Vizsla, I stopped right away. And I was like, why does Vizsla sound familiar? Mm. And then that goes into, you know, he's the one that created the Darksaber. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's right. But I don't I remember her did, calling him Paz Vizsla did. in season one because the Internet would have blown up over that. Din says she his did. name or either they had March come out that had his name like a like a Black Series toy that had his name. The Black Story story says Heavy it. Mando. Does it? Oh. I'm pretty sure yeah, it that's was because Heavy that's, Mando. But somehow we, somehow re- we knew his name, whether it was well, I remember in series. The dots being connected because that's John Favreau, and like he played pre Vizsla in the Clone Wars, so he was basically playing his own descendant in the show. And I thought that was like season one, they, they explained that. Maybe it was one of the behind-the-scenes things. I don't know. Yeah, but so, yeah. yeah, the figure is called Heavy Inter- Infantry Mandalorian, and the helmet is called the Heavy Mandalorian. Like, it's all all product placement and everything selling is all Heavy Infantry. Hmm. I don't yeah. think he calls them. Yeah, even the Funko Pops one and two. are... Is the, yeah, is this the first <laughs> the fan, time he's, so, he's named? Yeah, even this in Funko sh- Pop is Heavy Infantry. In show, yeah, in show. So that's why immediately I was like, wait a minute. They actually called him a name. This means something. And then she immediately talks about Tar Vizsla. And I was like, oh, my God, he's a descendant. Like right away. I thought that was incredible. 
like such huge character growth. So he's obviously related to the guy from Clone Wars, who I've seen that episode. He's got to be a child of him because he's got the same. Well, may I guess it could be a cousin or something. It's got to be after a thousand years. It's got to be yeah, a pretty big bloodline. Yeah. So him being tied directly into the saber is pretty fantastic. So him challenging it, you know, because it's like, wait a minute, I'm I'm the son of King Arthur. I should have this sword. So oh, beat we- me for it. Do we think the armorer was part of Death Watch on Concordia? Because they were the ones that had the dark saber, and they were the ones that wanted to keep the old warrior ways, the warrior ways of the Mandalorian. She was ridiculously say, old. Well, she did say if it wasn't what for Death Watch, uh, she wouldn't be here. Be a, yeah, that's true. Yeah, maybe. Well, I mean, because then Bo-Katan is Death Watch, so, and then she doesn't like Bo-Katan. So, who knows? I don't know. She might be at the generation after Bo-Katan and previous and stuff, so maybe that's why she's yeah, got so some of her information trouble. Where some, where some of Death Watch believes in the old ways of not removing a helmet, but that doesn't really work for an animated show where you got to show up people's faces. So they just yeah. remove helmets. And you know that was a question back then too that I remember people asking: Is I thought they didn't remove their helmets. Well now. They're trying to get into the messy situation of Mandalorians. Of some do, some don't. Just like Tusk Raiders, some do believe in kidnapping women and children and making them slaves. Some don't. <laughs> okay. so, right. Yeah, it, it does make for a messy. Or you know, they're trying to explain the Mandalorian and the the changes or the the fractured nature of what everyone knows about the Mandalorians by making it a fractured nature of what the Mandalorians are yeah. in universe that it's all over the place. There's different factions. So, so everything works for everybody to some extent uh, of, of, of what they are of helmet, not helmet um, one weapon to rule them all. Because again, the whole, whoever wields this weapon that was won in battle, although she does say something by Creed, but it, it allows for someone like a mall to come in and be the leader of Mandalore. Yeah. So it it ha- what you know somebody has to point out the the fallacy of 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 the prophecy or the 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 ludicrousness or you know do we truly have to who who said the whoever uh, you know why did, why is that carrying yeah, made it weight up. you know has, somebody has to question the why is that carrying weight that whoever wins the or you know you have to win this in battle in order to be the ruler how about a how about a better well, way of determining things that's just what Mandalorians are. They're a battle race. The strongest is to lead. And even in Legends books, in the book Revan, you know, which is 5,000 years ago, long before the Darksaber, Mandalorians ruled by whoever held a certain helmet. Like there is a helmet uh, that was hidden on a planet that Revan, when he turned dark, he went and slaughtered the Mandalorians. He stole this ancient relic helmet that says who the leader is and it pretty much disjointed all the mandalorians because now they had nothing to show pretty much nothing to fight for like okay i'm fighting for this helmet to be the strongest and be the leader and he took the helmet and he hid it on a planet and the mandalorians pretty much fell apart with no real leader and it was all infighting and people saying like no i deserve it i deserve it well then he finds when he turns good he goes and gets the helmet again and gives it back to the mandalorians so he can create an army and it's something to fight for. So the Mandalorians have always had someone that led them by strength with some ancient artifact. Well, that's, and that's, now it's that's, just the Darksaber in the past thousand years. 
that's cool and all, but when are they going to smarten up and realize ah, that ain't working out for us? Cause they're down to two <laughs> <laughs> with that sort of mentality, Which, that sort of, you need this, this thing in order to be the thing that versus, I don't want to say a democratic way of doing, but, but just they're they're And maybe that's what FET does. Uh, I've heard some speculation. Well, see, see, to that and that, extent, and Ron, that's, that's what brings me to like, every, you know, everybody keeps saying like, Oh, why did they do this? And just have a whole episode of Matt. I don't think they do anything like on accident. I think yeah. you need all this lore for Boba Fett's story because right. I think where it's leading to, and it's just a theory, but like in the books, Boba Fett went back to Mandalore and united everybody and he was the leader. So what's to stop in the show them giving some exposition about the Darksaber? And, you know, Din's not going to be a leader. He's not a leader type guy. He just wants to hang out with right. his little green buddy. So, I mean, who's to say he doesn't give the Darksaber to Boba Fett? Boba Fett's kind of training to be in charge on Tatooine. He's eventually going to move to Mandalore and try to rebuild the Mandalorians. Who's going to challenge him like. for the saber? Like, who's going to say, oh, you can't have that? Like, well, take it from me then, you know? And well, it's, uh, so I've seen that positive, but that would mean Fett and, and, and Dejeron have to fight. But that's they don't, where... Because what if neither one believes in any of that? Boba does That's what I mean. That's and where they could, they could square it no, up. No, they say, have, look, they have is, to fight. Why? It says who? They don't believe because that's their society. There's well, that's that's what we're their arguing. Society is, is, is that hasn't gotten them very well because they're down to two. Yeah. So maybe Fett and Dejeron's. Well, no, know, two of their religious set of their religious sect. They're down to two or three, and they are hunted. You know, there's still. I mean, Bo-Katan's a Mandalorian. She has a whole moon full of Mandalorians. You know, so we she, know there's lots of Mandalorians. And she's dark saber. So I mean, uh, aver- not averse, but she's dark say a subscriber. Well, and that's would, when you, and that's when you come to, um, was, you know, Boba Fett saying, "Okay, take the sword from me, then, and then you can be the leader." But if they can't, then they can't, and he's the one that's in charge. Yeah, but know? see, that's the problem with the "come take the sword from me, and you can be the leader," because then somebody's going to perish, and now you're down one more person. And like yeah, Paz Vizsla, you know, she stopped it. What's stopping him from challenging him again? Is there anything in the rules? Is there an asterisk? Well, that's say, the whole you, thing. Once like, you he choose... wants to rule with respect and not fear, kind of thing. You know, I think this is basically setting Boba up to be like he was in the EU and be in charge of Mandalore and the lead Mandalorian. I mean, I the, the think, episode's called Return of Mandalorian, but it could be talking about Boba, you know? Yeah, I don't think he has to kill him. You know, it's... No. I, I do I do what you're saying, Ricky, that eventually, in another two seasons or something like that, it comes back around where Boba... Because, I mean, really, what's the future for Boba? I mean... Yeah. He's his not character has to lead to something. Well, yeah, I mean, he like, has do to we do think do we think this is it for Fett, or do we think we get more Fett? I hope we get more Fett. You know, it's, yeah, it's, it's the thing. This is it for Fett. What does that mean? He's just going to sit on Tatooine forever? It's kind of like yeah. he has to lead to something else and to I make was, Fett cool. And I was joking that, like, uh, you know, um, you know, Din is going to go to, uh, you go, go find Grogu and Luke and then tell, okay, Luke, uh, nice seeing you again. I got to go back to Tatooine to help Boba Fett take over. <laughs> and then Luke's like, what? <laughs> like, what are you talking yeah, about? It almost seems like Mando is, yeah, he's going to go see grogu before he goes to see boba fett because he straight up says oh, he i guess he straight up says yeah i gotta go see a little friend you know fennec he tells fennec exactly well that means we've got a whole episode next next time of him going off and see grogu isn't it really which is well, well they might maybe, that. maybe we don't see it at all and we just see it's it, it does that tv trope where you know uh boba fett's just about to be killed by somebody and then you know mando comes in and saves the day and he's like i'm back he's where you've been i've been you know that we don't see it in book of boba fett at all he's just he's not around the next couple episodes but comes back yeah, in, just, in the next just, time does does luke come back with um din 
to help Boba Fett. Does who? Luke. <laughs> Wouldn't no, that be he awesome? no, he's busy. He's got he's busy doing Jedi Temple stuff or whatever, so he's gonna send his buddies Han and Chewie. <laughs> oh, yeah, Expectations are getting right now. Let's it's gonna be Luke and then young Ben Solo and uh Grogu. Well, expectations are, are, you know, <laughs> not expectations. It depends on if there's only two more episodes of Boba Fett and his story is done for us, or there's more, you know, there's another season of Boba Fett. Because yeah. ultimately, how do they end Boba Fett? You know, well, what's the, yeah. everybody well, wants <laughs> Boba Fett back. That's great. But then you have to deal with him. He has to go. What, you know, cries about Luke. Oh, they killed off Luke. Well, you know, he can't be around forever. So, yeah. They're, they're, where, where where's where Boba Fett? What's the yeah? Where's game, yeah. Where, what's his end game for Fett? Is it in two I episodes? I think him leading Mandalore in... because we're going to see the Mandalore story play out in the man next Mandalorian season. Obviously, he's going to go try to get redeemed. He's going to be under in the caves of Mandalore trying to redeem himself so he can put the helmet back on and join his crazy religious cult. But then he's going to explore Mandalore. We're going to talk about the Saber. Bo-Katan's going to be involved. We're going to see who's leading. And that probably has to lead to another season of Boba Fett, where I would hope that he takes over Mandalore. Because Din doesn't want the Saber. No. You know, and he can't give it away. He barely wants to be so, a bounty hunter anymore. He's kind of just doing it, you know? Like he yeah. wants to... And his new ship, <laughs> his new ship can't even haul bounties. No. All it no, is, no. he just got a jar full of heads behind him. <laughs> and that's all he can haul. She's got room for Grugan, and that's all he needs. Yeah. On a mountain of yeah, on a mountain of heads. I posit that he does eventually get a razor crest, but it'll be like a mothership that the N1 can dock in it, like the Phantom. It'll be the Ghost and Phantom sort of situation where when he needs to be speedy and agile, he can hop in the N1 and go off. And when he needs to transport Mm. uh, a bunch of um, carbonite blocks, you know, he has the razor, another razor crest of sorts. That way you get the best um, motion. Do we think that's Anakin's uh, N1 fighter <laughs> from the booth? Uh, there had to be thousands of those. Did he park it at his, his uh, aunt and uncle's? Or it would his, be uh, the. It would make sense to last desk. this long because if that's the one that sticks around, or if that's the one that's no, got notoriety because it, you know, saved Naboo, destroyed the the that planet, or destroyed the uh, droid control ship and everything, you know, that's how it could get saved throughout the years, like a like a certain Corvette might or something like that. Mm-hmm. But there's been. Some something pointed out that the the hieroglyphs, uh, the glyphs that are under the uh, canopy that we see aren't the same that we see in F1. Mm. However, right. it's a different side of the ship, and so there is still it's a glimmer still like of a VIN hope. or a call number. Well, there's a thought that, like in real world, that they put the pilot's name there, you know, under the canopy, so that you know that that's um um. um whatever the pilot's name is kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah. Goose. Right. Yeah. Maverick is what I was trying to think of. So it's different. So that means it's a different ship, but I've posited a theory out there, but what if the Naboo uh, Royal Navy assigned two pilots to a ship? And so we see Anakin's, we see the driver's side when Anakin gets in, in F1 and we see that pilots, we see Maverick on that side 
And on this side, we see the passenger side in in this episode. So we see Goose's name on it. You know what I mean? That there's still no, a chance because it could have well, two. It doesn't have to be the same on both sides. It could be one pilot, the 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 uh, odd day pilot and the even day pilot, or however you want to do it. I don't know. There's still still a chance. I just don't be. think. I just don't think it needs that much of a callback. It's a great enough callback to even be a in one Naboo yeah. starfighter. That it doesn't need to be Anakin's. I mean, in one like that's. Stretching to have, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you got. I mean, it being an even an N one is like that's fantastic enough. You know, that's well, she, all the callback we need. It doesn't have to be Anakin's to oh, be cool. You know, what? she I does talk say. To... Sorry, I could go ahead. Okay, good. No, I was gonna uh, go ahead. If you're gonna talk about ships, go ahead because I'm gonna go off on something else. Well, she does say that, like she's enticing him with it, and 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 Pelly says, um, it's a classic. It's hand built. Do you know how hard it is to get parts? For, like she's selling them. Yeah. Like I got all the parts for it. But to me, to hear you say, "Oh, it's a classic." Do you know how hard it is to get parts for it? Well, then I don't want that. It's going to be incredibly hard to fix <laughs> whenever I do need to have it. But she does say one thing, because like she pulls the tarp off, and and she's like, "Look at it, and in a beauty." He's like, "That's a piece of junk." And she's like, "Well, you don't <laughs> like it? You want your credits back?" And he's like, "Yes, yes, I do." And she's like, "All right, well, get him his credits back." But you know, she's talking about it, how it's oh, come on, you gotta love it. She says one thing that that changes his mind that it's pre-empire, so it's off the grid. Yeah. Now all of a sudden he's like, yeah. "Oh, wait, okay." Uh, Just like the Razor Crest. Yeah, yeah. He's he, all of a sudden now. Now you've got my interest, or you've piqued my. You've piqued my ears a little bit. That I thought that was an interesting way to, you know, sort of get him on board. That, but it was pre-empire, and you know, not going to is going to be off the grid. But yeah, to hear it, to hear it be classic handmade, how hard it is to come by parts. Did, that would, did she that say would, something that, about like the Queen of Naboo like sanctioned them and stuff like that, or created them? But it's just like christening a, a boat. You know, they chris she christened it, so she it pretty much allowed these starfighters. Well, whoever the queen, I mean, it could also have been uh, the queen elect says, after Naboo went to the. Yeah, I think she says they were built the for the queen around herself, or they were they yeah. were royal, they were royal navy, royal starships, or built yeah. for the for. No, she says sp- Naboo speaking flight. of uh, yeah. speaking of callbacks, I was going to talk about uh, the BD one droid from uh, Fallen Order, which I was wondering if that was the same robot from that game, which I, I hope it is because I like him. Word on the screen <laughs> is that yes, well, it is. What happens in the I haven't played it. What happens uh, to the droid at the end? Nothing. He's still around. That's See, why everyone's that, like that's part, part of my problem. That's part of my problem with some of Star Wars lore, and it's in my same thing with Ray. Not everything has to be exactly tied into everybody else. Ray didn't need to have the blood of whatever Palpatine, the blood of Skywalker, the blood of Ben, the blood of Ben. She didn't need all this stuff to be somebody. I ended up that she did, I guess, but. In all the Star Wars, not everything has this in one starfighter does not have to be Anakin's. The fact that it's a starfighter is good enough. And this robot doesn't have to belong to uh I don't know that guy's name, I haven't played the game. But well, the, the fact that it exists four from a new hope. So <laughs> Oh yeah. They keep bringing him back. So but yeah, but they the straight up they made else. that noticeable. And those are the does it, droids from the. Does that does that droid daughter. dance? Like there was one scene that kind of was like he was all excited dancing on two feet, like a like a oh. happy puppy or something. Or does yeah, he do he, that in the game? That. Yeah, he does it in the game. Like okay, uh, yeah. he does it in and, the game. Then I'll allow it. 
And that droid has healing capabilities. He can shoot you a stem. And he's, he's a... Oh, how about another thing? Um, the Mando asks the droid, hey, where does this part go? And the droid flashes up like a 3D yeah, scan hologram thing or whatever does he do that in the game yeah he's yeah, like kind of your explorer was... droid he scans like the the fauna and stuff and shows you oh, this Helps is this you. planet or yeah or this is i kind of i kind of thought when i saw that scene and he like 3d image projects it and then twists yeah. it in in space and and throws it on top of the of the the starfight or whatever to show him the orientation of it i was like oh, i bet that's a well, once i found out he was a video game droid or whatever yeah. it's like well, that's well and then then in the game you modify him so he can unlock things with that scanner, so that's why I'm wondering if it's the same droid because that was it was that's what made it unique was to was, you can scan a chest and unlock it. And there stuff. was one, and it only works if you if you're somebody that ha- you gotta have kids. There's one scene the Mando's fixing something and the droid's like shining his light and Mando's oh like gosh, no, no, yeah. up here and he's not not paying attention. And he's like no, I concentrate <laughs> here. And, and if you've ever had your Focus kids here. try to hold a flashlight for you while you're working on something, it was yeah. that's exactly how it goes down. You're just like all right, look, um, here's where I'm working is and they they're you know distracted or the no. flashlight falls down it's like no I shine, concentrate shine the light right here i, I, no, I did Ron, enjoy that that's where you're wrong because you can be the you can remember what it was to be the kid that didn't know where the hell to shine that light <laughs> oh, see, i was like, good at it i was okay just a good helper for dad shine where i'm pointing yeah <laughs> pointing it at the thing look where i'm pointing yes I, I remember that my grandpa used to do that to us <laughs> So what has um so what has um the armorer uh, made for Grugu? Oh, Viking uh, little chain link, a little chain link armor. I'll just so be direct ch- at his feet. I figured chain mail, yes, a chain mail shirt of sorts. I thought really? it was gonna be his insignia on the uh the shoulder pad thing. Um, yeah, but I, he I, says, I, I thought it was gonna be a little dagger, is what I was thinking, but oh. I suppose um, no, no, it's a weapon. Be, it can't oh, be a weapon. weapon. Can't do that. Oh, yeah. No, you're right. You just said that. Yes, it can't Cause be. Because he he pointedly says, "Well, then fashion it into armor." Yeah. And she's like, "All right, what do you, you know?" And then then they cut the way to her making it or into something. Could it be a Mando she... helmet with the ears? No, it's too clumsy. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was shaped like that, like when you had it wrapped up. I don't know. He saw the wrap. He saw the ears and stuff, just like yeah. his face, wasn't it? Like, oh, no, that was that was her pulling. I was like, that's beautiful. <laughs> but she doesn't use the whole she does she doesn't use the whole like there's spare beskar to be making stuff right yeah, she doesn't use the whole spear does she i don't think uh, so I don't, a whole I don't think she solid does. spear made to links yeah he's making all this armor for two people <laughs> but then she said they're um they have foundlings you know so where are these foundlings at he's like make make stuff for oh, the foundlings he's like oh good you know no, he says make he 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 says make something for a foundling. She thinks, oh, okay, whatever, and, and then he she's like, no, 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 a specific foundling, Grogu. Yeah, she's like, oh, you know, you're done with him. He's like, no, I'm not. Make something for him, because he, no, he. That's what I'm saying. Like, he challenges the dogmatic. That's interesting. He challenges the dogmatic nature of the Jedi because she says attachments not allowed. Yeah. in the Jedi realm or whatever. And he says, well, that goes against our thing of solidarity loyalty, or yeah. loyalty or whatever. And she kind of is like, oh, okay. Well, that, well, yeah, let's let's make this happen. So she is allowing for a breaking of a dogmatic 
way line of thinking just not hers theirs yeah. you know she she is letting him go do this against the jedi dogmatic nature of, of attachments forbidden so maybe there's a um you know is there an icebreaker she's she's so you're telling me there's a chance you know is she gonna see that the dogmatic nature of their helmet non-removal whoever wields the sword thing is probably might not be a the best uh, best practice. How did, how did she escape the end of season one? That's what I want to know. <laughs> with the with the she um, just left. Well, we don't know it's her furnace. No, she just kept making furnace. armor. She was just standing there, keep she kept doing it, and then they were coming. Like I don't know. Well, she's gonna have a whole BA. episode she's of her. Pretty BA with those forging yeah, tools as weapons. That was kind of fun. She was preparing and, and teaching him to yeah, fight. Yeah, those are made of Beskar. <laughs> yeah, she was teaching him to fight, and and she's bonking him on the head and. And, uh, I thought I was gonna dent his helmet, put a dent yeah. in it. Oh, she put a fat, put a fat. Yeah, that'd be funny. Put a fat. Yeah, I head. thought I was gonna do that. I'm like, don't uh, do that. So as as we're, we're we're going over time here now, just think one last thought. Is anybody got any last thoughts on dating a Jawa? To uh... oh my god, <laughs> I didn't ever realize they were fuzzy underneath. <laughs> all the imp- all the important well, stuff that's in here, and you got to go to dating Jawas. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they made such a thing out of it, didn't she? Well, it's Amy like, Sedaris. She's trying to be a comedian, you know. <laughs> she speaks their language. I did like, you know, I don't like her doing it, but I did like how well she did it. <laughs> it's easy for them yeah. to do it because it's just a sound board hitting or whatever because we don't see anything move. But to see her, it was And this good. is her second appearance on the show because she was in the background in one of the yeah. flashbacks. Yeah, she was in one of the flashbacks. Her and the pit droids. Yeah, her and, and Mo, Mo Curly and Low. So yeah, she she says she's a homegirl. She's only, she's never been off planet. So you know, mm-hmm. but yeah, the socializing. Although we do see the Jawa at the at the cantina, so they do socialize. Or there is some aspect to socializing um, Jawas to be able to pick them up or hit on them or whatever you want to say. I, I just thought it was funny odd. because um, it was just odd. He was, you know, being friendly with the Jawas and went after he, like, had a fight with them season one. You know, oh, you're right. He pays them because she gets all mad. He they bring back the hypervisor, whatever it is they bring back. And he's like, sweet. Yeah. He throws some credits away. And she's like, well, what are you doing? You're going to spoil them. But you're right. He totally. Yeah. He wiped out their thing. Well, then he did the egg thing for them, too, though. So I guess. Yeah, I guess he's square with them. They're treating it right. Well, they could get parts. He was all excited. He's like, "Wait, you just tell them what parts you need, and they bring it back." Yeah. And she's like, "Yeah." So he asked for like the, Amazon, the whatever, <laughs> and they brought one. So yeah, he, so yeah, he's he's probably cool with Amazon that's how Prime. He so Jawa Prime. Jawa Prime. <laughs> he's gonna yeah. He can future Mandalorian episodes if he ever needs anything. He can return to Tatooine, work with Pelly and the Jawas, and get what you know. Here, here's the parts I need, and. Can make it happen so maybe they set something up there and i think we're gonna have a big reveal either this episode or the finale or the next one of the finale to see who's actually in charge because i don't think it's the pikes so we might get that crimson dawn cameo with the uh, kira i don't know i'm i'm keeping my expectations low well there are some points to it I'm i think like, the emperor's gonna no, show up and shoot pike. everybody with lightning <laughs> yeah when i first saw that sim when i first saw that symbol that there's that guy was graffiti and on the side of that house Mm. And much like Owens and Bar Owens and that kind of stuff, house and stuff. I thought, I thought, flipping out, it's the, um, it's the, uh, oh, I've forgotten the name, Crimson Dawn. Uh, that's the no, first. they had the circle. Oh, that's the not even close to the same. 
I know. Yeah. No, it's not the same, but it's the first thing I thought when I saw it. I thought, oh, it's Crimson Dawn. I thought, Why well, were they marking the crazy. wall for anyways? Like, what was the point of that? Why not? Graffiti. Yeah, no, I think it's all over their bikes, too. Mm. Oh, yeah, on the wall. I thought you were talking about the sort of special markings on the wall that could only be seen and they like did Predator style in Mando's up helmet. They Tuscan camp, too. So. What I thought was interesting yeah, about the Tuscan getting... camp versus the house, the house they mark with two symbols, whereas the Tuscan camp, you only see one symbol. Mm. And I took that as a, as, a, as, a, as a tell, reading way too much into it, that... Somebody was trying to emulate that, make us think that gang did it by putting that symbol on it, but it wasn't them because they usually tag it with twice. You know, they no, usually they painted it wrong. They, you know, they, they right. just, yeah, right meant to believe it was them, but these markings say otherwise. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that type of thing. I'm expecting that a little bit of a, a twist or two here. Not, I don't know if we expect something major, but uh, it's going to be a twist. It always is, isn't there? So, so, so oh, expectations. I don't like guessing like that. Mm. I just expect Vader's right going to show up, and uh, <laughs> they're going to. I'll tell you, I had zero, I watched that last episode of Mandalorian, totally not realizing that it. I mean, I knew it was the last episode, but I wasn't thinking anything of of a season-ending finale kind of fun or whatever. I was just like, oh, all right, last episode, sat down and watch it, and to have Luke come out was just like, just. Just astound, you know, it was ramped up a level because I didn't have an expectation of some yeah. sort of great season ending bit of fun. I was just watching the last episode thinking, all right, was well, the last episode until I get more or whatever. So that amped it up even it made it just it, that much more impactful, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. So. Uh, I kind of want to do that same sort of thing with with the book of Boba Fett to not expect a Han and Chewie sort of reveal or anything like that. Just we'll yeah. see, watch the last and episode. Have reveals. And you can't have that at the, end, at the end of yeah, episode. As much as people complain episodes. about this one, like uh, you know about you know not having Boba in it, you have to set up Din being alone and not with Grogu because that's what the next season's going to be. You know, so if you're going to have him in this episode doing a whole thing all by himself, and then he's going to be in the last couple episodes of uh, Boba Fett. Or, you know, the next two episodes, um, it's going to set him up being, you know, not alone. Because then, you know, what is the Mandalorian show without, you know, Baby Yoda? You know, it's going to work. But So I mean, if, he comes, if he comes back next week as muscle to help, then season three of the Mandalorian is a bit of a time jump. Then it's going to show the in-between of, of when he has to yes. leave leave and and yeah. come back that would that would be fun you you know you know where that season ends in terms of he comes back to help fet without grogu or you know whatever's going to happen next week or in the next two episodes and season three would tell that time in between it had to be a short amount of time well, you know they like to do flashbacks in that show too so yeah I don't cool. or, or do we got mando fans is it cool that we saw finally is that the first representation of a vibroblade or whatever was, yeah was like a mando didn't they show it already Mando. before? Yeah, it was in the first season when he yeah. fought the uh, mud mudhorn. Oh, That's what yeah. he used to kill the mudhorn yeah. was a vibroblade. Right. Yeah. A two inch, the two inch vibroblade killed the mudhorn. Which is also a callback from the video game. So. <laughs> well, those two cool. took their jetpacks off to fight. That was that was why. Was that because they were on a catwalk and to to yeah, on that add a, to add a danger element to the if you get because we saw previously. I think she was fighting him. They were they were par, uh, sparring or whatever, and she knocks him off. It was like, holy crap, he fell up. But obviously, he jetpacked back up and and you know saved himself. Do they take their jetpacks off because that's a thing you do in duels, 
or did they take their jetpacks off because they were on a catwalk over open space and then if you got knocked off you were going to be done you can't escape yeah Yeah, you can't escape just by flying away and you can't save yourself if i knock you off so the reason i ask if it's that because that's wicked dangerous because those two are fighting for the dark saber. They could conceivably knock each other off the catwalk, and now it's down to one. And she doesn't even have the dark saber because it fell off with those two idiots fighting. It just it has its. <laughs> well, they gotta they I've gotta figure said, out this way of ruling Mandalore. It's gotta 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 have a better better way to do it. <laughs> well, look at the Sith. The Sith only ruled well, by two. Those maniacs. Yeah, how well did that work for them? No, they didn't. Emperor yeah. never did. <laughs> Yeah, until we finally figured it out. Yeah, it can be only just stay in the shadows. All right, yeah. Stephen, I think we're at time. Looking, looking, looking forward, looking forward to more. Okay, right. Thank you, everyone. Must go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's our out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we you know we, we didn't say um. Just a reminder for everybody: if uh, you want to meet us on social media, we're on Twitter at PSW Senate, Instagram PSW Senate Podcast, Facebook we're at PSW Senate, and we have the Positively Star Wars Facebook group to join and to email us. It's Positively Star Wars Senate at gmail.com. So aren't we on TikTok too? Oh yeah, we are on TikTok. Um, we're at PSW Senate on TikTok. So hey, how cool was it to see actual old school X wings? Love X wings. Oh yes, yes. For for oh, yes. all the. For, it's been very cool to see the fans, the younger fans that grew up with the prequel trilogy, uh, prequel trilogy uh, geek out over seeing a Naboo starfighter and kind of enjoying that like I enjoy seeing a, a, an X-Wing. And to see those two X-Wings at the end of the episode and, and, and punch it. And to hear online chatter that the one X-Wing yeah. pilot that's not Dave Filoni um, was, um, was the Luke Skywalker stand-in double. That was Max, kind of nice. right? Was that his name? Yeah, that was that's brilliant. Yeah, I, that's, that's so awesome. good. I didn't love, even notice. Love it. giving him some FaceTime. That is awesome. Very cool. And on that note, we have to go, folks. Looking forward to more. So, Everybody stay safe. We, we, we'll be back short. We'll be back next um, talking about the last final two episodes of, uh, I was going to say Mando then. God, <laughs> <laughs> or Boba Fett. Um, which is probably going to have Mando in it. More like it. Okay, folks. Thanks, everybody. See you again. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Go switch off.